Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This episode 183, Need for Speed 2014. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And this episode's brought to you by Jacobs High Speed Rail. Jacobs <laughs> is the world leader in the development and impl- implementation of high speed rail projects. From the UK, China, and Saudi Arabia to the United States, the Netherlands, and Poland, their multidisciplinary team has helped local authorities and regions in the planning and delivery of large high speed rail projects. Shout out to Jacobs. And shout out to Nick Burris, our patron who sponsored this episode. Yes. We are doing. I don't think we had any last lap because I feel like. Do we have any last lap? Brian did his. Yeah, Mr. Baseball. But everybody was like, this is the lap, because this is the modern car movie lap, and everybody has a thought about this. So we're starting off strong with the Nick Burris recommendation of Need for Speed. We'll be talking about that after the break with my friend and co-host of the new podcast, How to Win the Lottery, Bob Fisher. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last recorded? Kind of a lot. Rachel and I like contemporary art. So somehow in Westport, Connecticut, there was an exhibit for Marilyn Minter, who does, like, a bunch of, like, picture media. Sure, yeah, yeah, You know, she had this, like, kind of, like, video exhibit going on down there. So we, we drove down there on Sunday and saw the exhibit, and it was really, really cool. I brought it up specifically because she had this giant pacer, like the car, a pacer. That oh, okay. she A lot of it was, like, um projection-type stuff. So, like, in all the windows there was like projection screens in the windows and the, mm-hmm. from inside the car, they were like projecting, you know, Marilyn Minter style images and videos sure. onto like all the windows around the car. And it was really, really cool to see. Um, so that was like a fun Sunday thing that we did. Other than that, we were watching the penguins who they, dude, did you see how bad they like the dumb thing that they did to lose last night, by the way? Nope. Wait, so they're down three, two, they're down three, two. I will either be like really excited tomorrow night that they came back or not. So last night they were in double overtime and it's like the beginning of double overtime. And like our goalie has the puck and there's like a guy on the left and the guy on the right, he just holding it in front of the net and he just passes it directly to the Islander right in front of him. And then he scores double overtime. That's if how you we Google lost. penguins, uh, the top stories that come up, like there's like the score and then there's like the Google News and says penguins on the verge of another postseason failure. Cool. Yes. Penguins Tristan Jerry insists he's turned page after OT gaff and <laughs> yes. the penguins big problem parentheses besides goaltending. So <laughs> yes. not great news stories. Nothing about the Islanders. Nothing about like, you know, oh, they're fighting. It's just, yeah. All the analytics from all series, especially last, like we, we had like twice as many shots it was like 50 to like 25 shots in the game last night all the analytics are like the penguins should be winning they're just like not getting lucky like all these you know you do the baseball shit it's the same thing Mm -hmm. for hockey right it's like high danger scoring chances goals expected per 60 minute like all of these things say that like we should be winning all of these games i wasn't even like sad about it i was just like in shock like we like watched it we were like what the fuck did you do like i've never had a loss be so specifically one person you know like usually like on twitter everybody's like well if this guy would have played better or if like this guy wouldn't have done the no last night it was like if the goalie wouldn't have passed to this guy in double overtime maybe we could have won this game like that was exactly what it was the other thing was is we watched the finale of SNL this weekend. Oh, I didn't watch that. Shoot. Okay, yeah. It was really funny for many reasons. 
they did the Michael Che and Colin Jost write jokes for each other, the things, and they just got each other to say wild shit, which I found very, very funny, knowing that they wrote the jokes for each other. Um, but lastly, like, Nico and Kevo sent it to us too, and this is what I tweeted about, like, oh my god, I hope some of you watched, like, were watching SNL. They did, like, a full skit of... Vin Diesel, Dom Toretto, like, come back to the movies, right? Because we, we talked about this, or we posted it, right? Or he... Yep, yep. We've seen it everywhere. So they did, like, a long, expanded uh, skit about him releasing that, like, you know, everybody come back to the movies thing. And it was really funny. You guys should check it out if you didn't, so... And through the power of podcasting, I just took a little moment and I watched the thing. It's pretty funny. It's played by uh, Vec Bennett, who was the AT&T... If you remember, he he rose to fame, I think, because he was doing the AT&T. Remember those, like, commercials with the little kids around, like, the, the nursery school table or the preschool table? Oh, that was him? I didn't even yep. think about mm-hmm. it, but that... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it was it's good. I mean, I'm just not, you know... SNL's not my thing. As as you heard me listen, I was not uh, laughing, really. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's... They're all spot on. It, there's a reason. Like, my friend messaged me today. He's just like hey so a quiet place 2 comes out this weekend i was just like yeah i'm, I'm good waiting until vod like i don't you know i thought the first movie was good but like i'm not rushing back i actually looked over the weekend i was like i wonder what's in theaters like not that i'm gonna go see a movie but like i could go see a movie now whatever right yeah and it's nothing it's like the hbo <laughs> yes, max movies it's... it's the netflix movies there's nothing there's not a single thing that's in Cruella theaters right now it's coming out soon yeah. yeah but you can bet you can get it on disney right like that's on, yep. that's, on that's on friday right so yep. i don't know it's it's a weird time to be a movie theater right so i don't know Yep. Anything else of note that you have done since we last recorded? We're doing an or a day early because of the Penguins game six on Wednesday, so we're doing Tuesday instead of Wednesday. So no, um, a little time shifted. But anything else? No, that's it. I'm getting yeah, that's it. So as I uh, teased last episode. Uh, I had two podcasts in person this weekend. Bob came over on Saturday, and we recorded episode two of How to Win the Lottery, which we'll talk about more at the end of this. And then Mike Mancy came over on Sunday, and we talked about an Elvis movie. Did you see? Oh, you saw yes. the thing about the olds. I'm not going to talk about that because I just. Do you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. It's okay. really funny to me. We did this movie called GI Blues, which is his fifth movie. So he did four movies because he did 31 movies in 14 years, like an absolute ridiculous amount. But he did that's four insane. movies. Yeah. Then he went to war and he came back and he did this movie GI Blues. Oh, so that's with a with, that's with a war break in it too. That's with a two year break. It was 58 <laughs> with King Creole. He did oh. nothing in 59. They came back in 60. Right. So like at least Crazy. a full year, if not like close to two years. It, ridiculous, right? He did yeah. like four movies between 56 and 58, and then another 27 between 60 and 69. Just ridiculous. Um, like, that's Nick Cage numbers, right? So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, We did GI Blues. We talk about it. It's, it's basically Elvis in war just falling in love with this woman because that's whatever, he, and just him singing a bunch of songs. That's what these Elvis movies are. So the tagline for the movie, because part, part of the Elvis thing, because I'm very curious, because these were, before Mike started his Monsters That Made Us pod, this was by far the oldest movies. These oldest, are by far the oldest yeah. movies we ever covered on the network. And so I'm curious how movies used to be sold, like how taglines or whatever. And so the did tagline that- trailers, I, by the way? Um, did you, you never looked? You don't play like the trailer game or anything? No. Okay. I think they probably did, but I don't know. Okay. The tagline that I like for this, the one that was listed first on IMDb, was in all capital letters, Elvis as the gay singing sensation, toast of the world's girls, envy of every man in the army. And so I use that on our site, and I copy onto Instagram whatever the you know the, the tagline, the pull thing is, whatever. So like for this, it's a quote yeah. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Almost immediately. Oh no! An hour or two later, there's an older woman who responds just saying, WTF, why would you make fun like that? Really? Elvis is the gay singing sensation and then the cursing emoji. So, so not funny. And I just responded saying, it's an official tagline of the movie. 
I rewrote that four or five times because I was going to be like, I don't, I don't want to have to defend this lady that like being gay is okay, or that being, I'm yeah, not making yeah, a yeah. joke that I'm like, no. hey, look at this gay guy, like isn't that funny, or like whatever. I'm like, no, it's just. So if you click on her profile, it's like she's like, I love mo- I love music from the 50s to 2017. So I don't know what happened in 2017, but she's not liking movie, uh, stop liking music. And then so. Uh, Nico's friend Tori, who he was going to do a podcast with, she really loves Elvis. And she messaged me. She's like, I was so excited to see this episode pop up my feed yesterday because it's been like a year or more. And she's like, I'd listen. It was, it was awesome. I loved every minute of it. And we're like, oh, that's awesome. That's so kind. Like, you know, oh, yeah. we can't wait to have you on. And then she responded something like, and so what if he was or something like that? And I'm like, <laughs> but it's just this lady who's like searching hashtag Elvis Presley on Twitter and sees like, nobody's going to call Elvis my Elvis gay. It's like, well... <laughs> Lady, it has a different connotation, different definition. Or she was like mad that you might like have been making a joke. But either I don't know. way, it's like this is the official tagline, lady. Like, and you were it. It's it was funniest to me because as someone that knows you, this is like the last thing you'd ever want to do. So like, I immediately knew that you found this. Some like this isn't a qu- quote that you came up with, right? Well, like I like it because. It's using a word that has wildly changed its connotation since like 1960, right? But like, yeah, yeah like I use I use it for a reason, but also like it's by far the best tagline because the other ones are like stand up and ship out or something or ship <laughs> out and like just like what is what or your favorite movie star in another movie. It's like that's not a tagline. That's <laughs> and so this at least is about this movie, which is sure cool. But then this lady is not a fan. It was a really fun thing to come across on my. I I love people. Uh misdirecting anger on social media it makes me really happy so as of right now actually let me check again i don't think she'd responded again i would not be surprised if she was the type of person who would like delete her comment be like i'm taking my ball and getting like she's gonna uh, either double down or maybe delete the comment right so yeah it's wonderful either way maybe she should just listen to the podcast because you guys i'm sure that you weren't no, we, that we, Elvis we, was gay no, in the episode. No, because in, in the movie, he takes they, they show him in the shower with other dudes, and Mike was like, well, what, what if he is gay? Like, what's this movie saying? Like, it's just, like, it's fine. Like, we do talk about in the episode, like, if he actually is gay, but, because, uh, like, every movie is like, look at this, he's around dudes, but he's all about the women. It's just like, we get it. Like, we get it. We're, we're, we understand what's going on, but, like, this one was like, oh, he's taking a shower with dudes, and who knows? I don't know, you know? It's yeah. it's the military, right? It's, the I don't army, know. So. That was fun, Pods, on Saturday and Sunday. Also, by the way, uh, there's no reason why you would know this, but uh, two members of Radiohead, Tom and Johnny. So Tom York, their lead yeah. singer, and Johnny Greenwood, who's like their the craziest, like the most, like he plays in a normal show probably 15 or 20 different instruments. Like it's just, it, it's insane. Like he's he's the other like engine that makes Radiohead go. Yeah. They spun off and did a new band called The Smile which we're not sure why. Don't they have like 50 other bands anyways? Well, no, a lot of them do solo stuff. Like Johnny does a lot of scoring for Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Okay, Tom York has sense. done solo stuff. He has Adams for Peace, which he did with like Flea and a couple other people. Like yeah. it feels like if you're having, if you're doing Radiohead stuff, like the, the tough people to get are Tom and Johnny and they do this and not right. So it's like, why are we doing this? Not new, whatever. But they, there's a, a Glastonbury show that streamed online on Saturday. Uh, and apparently the, access to the show was so effed up 
that like they just let made it free for everybody. Uh, and so, so like, we, live we would have was messed up. Yes, like it, okay. it took like two hours for people to get in because it had started like noon or whatever, and like we were going on like twelve hours later, like some you know whatever. So it was like twenty yeah. pounds, twenty quid, and they're just like we're so sorry, like it's just free for everybody now. So we're like, oh cool, so we get to see it for free. Um, so we we watched and it was cool. Um, it's you know interesting, but it was just cool to see because they've been for the last like six weeks they've been posting things on TikTok that were like, oh, is this a new album coming? But like it's been so long with nothing new that it's just probably them just being goofy on TikTok. But like this oh, is no. like this is they're not. They're not previewing this. It was, I don't know, but uh, we've been like together. hungry for new Radiohead stuff, but yeah, just a side project. So cool. Interesting. The only thing I want to share, well, actually, so after we're done here, I'm going to watch the season four finale of Seinfeld, the two-parter, the pilot, where they actually, I guess, either pitch shoot or finish or pitch. Yeah, I guess. Have you gotten to like anything with NBC yet or not? Oh yeah, no, that's the whole the whole season has been okay. that. Like with with uh George falling in love with the woman and then announcing that they were, you know Susan. they were dating, yeah. yeah, and then her getting fired and yeah, the daughter vomit, vomit on her, right? Mm-hmm. All yeah. that. Yeah, that's all happened. So next thing it's just like the You've last You've been thing watching is, a lot of great episodes. I've been like looking through your Twitter and like you're yeah. Well season four yeah, like and, and season four of Simpsons was amazing. So like I'm in, I'm definitely in the sweet spot, I think, for yes. probably for both, right? So yeah. um that's going to happen. So I finished season four of The Simpsons a couple days ago, and then season four of Seinfeld today. Season five starts tomorrow, which is exciting. So I watch so much stuff, and I just, like, I need to, like, come up with new ways to trick my brain to be like, hey, here's a fun new way to watch things. And so I think, I'm not going to talk about the movies, although there's one I'm going to talk about, but I came up with a new way to figure out what movie I'm going to watch. Okay. So. Here's it's a it's a very scientific way, so I think you're gonna approve. Okay. So I I edit on Letterbox like a bunch of movies, like n- new releases. So there are like 37, 37 movies from this year that are out that I have not seen that are available on Netflix or Amazon or I can VOD or whatever. See. Yeah. Yes. And so I put them all on a Letterbox list, and on Letterbox I was able to sort by shortest movie and a highest average. So I took all 37 and I copied them over to a Google Sheet, one of 37. So like one is the shortest and 37 is the longest. The same thing with rating, like the highest, the best average is number one and the worst average is number 37. Okay. And then I just added those numbers together. So I've been watching the <laughs> shortest, best movies, and it's amazing. It's so good. Like it's, it's, it's working so well. It's so good. That's really, really smart. Yeah, that's that fucking works. Because you're like, okay, if it's like an hour and a half and like... Yeah. Also, I, have, I haven't like watched a movie past like longer than 95 minutes or like below like a, a three eight or something on Letterbox. Like it's wonderful. Yeah, that's really I love it. That's genius. So like, you know, the new Zack Snyder movie came out, Army of the Dead or whatever, which I want to see. But like, ooh, it's, four it's, hours. Like, it's like the, it's the long it's, the, it's two and a half hours. Yeah, it's the longest, like the longest movie on the list. So like it's it gets docked, man. I can't I'm not getting to it yet. <laughs> it better have like a 5.0 or you ain't getting it there. It does for a while. not. The one I wanted to bring up that we had talked about on here, and I was like, I'm never going to watch that movie, is I watched The Father, and, and it's great. It's really great. It's great. It's it's Anthony Hopkins is great in it, right? Like, it's well, I don't incredible. think it's it's not that. Like, I'm not concerned with that. He's good. I mean, we know he's good. Yeah. What they do, vague sort of spoilers ish for The Father, is they fuck with time and perception in a way where they have different actors you, playing different parts, and makes you feel yeah. like what it would be like to possibly have dementia and so there's like the same apartment or the same flat and it's like three different basically three different rooms and it becomes a different place altogether at the end and uh yeah like it's really well done and really well acted and you don't know what is true or what's not and it doesn't matter like it it doesn't matter what's true because it's just like something's true but uh he can't tell so you can't either and it's i don't know but also between that movie and then tonight's movie, Need for Speed, like, I remembered how much I love Imogen Poots, my, uh, yeah. my Poots fan page. 
um, which I, I said I'm going to turn my Twitter right. into she an was image in of Poots. The father too. That's so right. I forgot. And I looked, and she's like, she's in like two or three other movies that like I'm going to see soon-ish. I'm like, oh. And so I put on Twitter like I'm going to turn on my Twitter, and Rachel's like Soul Poots. So I was like, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. Don't find out what her middle name is because somebody might be angry at you on Instagram about it. Oh, is it Imogen Gay Poots? Yep. When I Googled yeah, her, man. it just was on Wikipedia, and I was like, that's interesting. And, and then it was like right around the same time that I found out about the, your Instagram thing, so. Yeah. Whew. That's all. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> I'll have more in the future, because not this weekend, but next weekend. The upcoming weekend, as this comes out to everybody, I will have my barbecue, so I'll actually have things to go on and people in the world to see and everything. Yes, not this very weekend, exciting. but the weekend after, right? Yeah. Yes, correct. Because this weekend's Memorial Day, so I probably, I have no plans. I just want to eat a burger somewhere. I'll probably buy a burger. Grill a burger on your grill. It doesn't take that long. I could. I just, I, I can have a better burger elsewhere. I'm not a great <laughs> grill smith. That's fine. I want a good burger. Anyway. Email address, family at cageclub.me if you want to email us. We have six emails tonight. A couple are really short. Okay. First up, subject line, I fucked up from Alex Ellenin. Okay. And I was talking to Alex last night on Instagram, uh, which we'll talk about. It's kind of sort of on the streets, not really, but I'll talk about that later because okay. he sent me something and we just chat a little bit. Alex says, there's no spoilers here, Joey, in parentheticals. Cool. I was reading reviews of F9 because, you know, I'm an idiot, and I saw a spoiler for the movie. In hindsight, it's nothing major and easily something we could guess, but of course, I did this. Basically, the same thing happened to me with Endgame on the way to the theater to see it. Just a warning for everyone, go dark on F News until we see it. I meant to say to you earlier, we are one week closer to F9 coming out here. I've got no spoilers, so, like, it's... I'm good. one week closer, and and I'm clean, right? Yeah, because I'm just, like, totally avoiding it, and I'm fine. I think that our... (laughs) Our pressing announcement of like please don't spoil this fucking movie for us (laughs) worked (laughs) but like it's not even that it's like just like coming across things or like headlines or whatever or like like polygon posted things like a a largely spoiler free thing on like how but something like just around space and i was just like i don't want to like i don't want to know don't care don't tell me i'm gonna watch the movie thank you alex sorry that you sorry bro i mean come on we 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 warned you though like, you, we told you. I mean, you knew, we knew, everybody knew that this was going to happen. If you, yeah. you were playing with fire, bro. That's what You're happens. You're going to get burnt. Yeah. Next email from Wells Lamont, or whatever his name might be. So no <laughs> subject, no subject. I don't like olives either. Full email, that's it. That's a perfect. <laughs> He's catching up, I guess. Mm-hmm. I told, I told Rachel that um, fucking glove story. Like, Crazy. Yeah, it was so perfect. I really wish he, it, like, and then she went and she was like, no, like, his, but that's not his at name on Twitter. And then she went and she was like, oh, Wells Lamont is a locked account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, told you. Our next email from Jason Dickinson, subject line, hey fam. What's up, Jason? How are you doing, buddy? Said, hey, what's up? Got my first shot of the vaccine three weeks ago. Or back in three weeks for round two. So we're, we're about two weeks out here. He says, P.S. F9 holds a 33% of Rotten Tomatoes. Not sure why people are bashing this one. Stay fast. Stay furious. And he sends a picture of himself with a very cool F9 hat. So cool. Oh. Looking good. Jason, proud of you for getting that vaccine. Yeah, that's awesome. You should be pretty good. Like, you're going to be close to theater time. So good for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Next email from Jerry Robinson, subject line, Cracker Barrel. I heard two words and immediately started typing Cracker Barrel. So here we go. Okay. There's one in Sacramento, but I was never there until last year in mid-March. Ooh, right before the pandemic, when I first went to Tennessee with Ileana. Oh, right. Yes, I remember this trip. And her family, and ate there right after we picked up the rental car. It was a red-eye flight, so we all felt like shit and tired, and I still had to drive, but my eyes opened up after having the fried catfish. It was fucking delicious. And since my grandparents are from Arkansas and Louisiana, I felt at home in a past life and started remembering my grandparents, which teared me up. Aw. That's also, like, good 
props for Cracker Barrel that like I thought he was gonna say like since I was from Louisiana like I'm, I'm harsher yeah, <laughs> yeah like if it's making you think of your grandparents like that's good food eating yeah. good in the neighborhood no that's Applebee's Applebee Applebee's is eating good in the neighborhood when yes. you're here your family is Olive Garden. Olive Garden yeah what's TGI Fridays does that have one it's always Friday or something it's, it's, yeah, it's always Friday it was yeah. it was it's always Friday or like some version of that it was just a friendly reminder if you have not read even though we've read it basically on here if you've not read that Gawker piece about the endless apps go read that please because it's, it's, the, it's the greatest piece of journalism it's like that in the Ricky Ricky O the Ricky story like please take those away from here yeah. like because there's the Gawker article about the mozzarella sticks that won't stop is just beautiful it's i think it's one of yep. the best written things in a while we went again in november and still delicious unfortunately no catfish speaking of iliana she got her second dose and we plan on going to disney world in october very Ooh. cool i heard disney world's lit right now because it, it's like it well it was half capacity so like everybody that was vaccinated and going to disney world was saying it was like awesome because like there's no lines right like the shittiest right. part of disney world is that there's people this friday as we're recording so this past friday as this comes out new jersey will be back to full capacity i'm like shit like i didn't I didn't take advantage of anything. Like I could have been, although I don't know what I would have done. Like, it's not like I was like holding off on things, but I told you, you know, when, Yan- when, yeah, when Yankee stadium was like, we should, we're going back like to full capacity. I was like, I want to see a game with nobody around me. Like that seems better. That's, that's what I said, dude. When we went to the penguin game, I like, like when we were at the penguin game, I was like 25% people is about the right amount of people for my personality. And that might even be a little much. And we could have took it down to about 10, but like there was no lines for the bathroom. There was no lines for concessions. And like, I had like a full row in front of me and, beside me and behind me i was like yeah that's about the amount of people i want to deal with that sounds good um let's see here we came close to we came close on a house but someone decided to do a cash offer declining us so i heard it's like a really big seller's market right now so i think you might well i wish you luck because i heard that like everybody that's putting houses up or getting them sold in like days i think it's finally slowing somewhat but i had friends who were moving like in town and they had an open house and within 20 minutes they had an offer that they accepted like literally 20 minutes yeah that see yeah that's what i was Which is not, it's insane like that that's really crazy so mm-hmm. good luck and i hope that it mellows out for you keep chugging along there brother don't let it get you down in baseball i got to watch the 19 to 4 ass whooping the giants gave the reds and i felt great well that's better than the 20 to 1 loss that the, the pirates <laughs> They were down 20 nothing, and they came back with one run in the ninth. So, <laughs> yeah, good was... on you, Pirates. My one friend in, like, one of our, like, sports groups, my one friend was, like, he was, like, posting, he was, like, yeah, like, look at this bet that I hit yesterday. And it was, like, against the Pirates. I was, like, congrats. No one gives a fuck. Like, bet against the Pirates every time. Like, mm-hmm. I'd be more surprised if you, like, picked the Pirates to win, right? Like, and you right. hit that. Like, nobody's going to congratulate you on betting against the Pirates, you dummy. Um, going to your minute in too fast, Suki does hit the Nas button. And I was unsure if she did or not, but I found a clip that she hits the Nas before opening her mouth in pleasure. See screenshot. So she has this. Oh, let me see. Let me see. I don't remember this, though. And we watched it, unless it was way earlier. Or maybe my guess, Cherry, is this is a future Nas use. I don't think we've seen this one yet, because we have not seen this insert shot. No, I don't think we have either. I also found out the first action scene of mostly every movie except Seven, Eight, and Hobbs, since I don't remember them too high at the moment. So here we go. So the first one. 1F1F first heist, 2F2F first race, 3F3F first race, 4F4F season the oil, 5F5F the very beginning, which is the prison break, 6F6F race into the pregnancy, RIP Paul Mooney, that's all I got for now, be fast and never last. Yeah, it was Paul Mooney and someone, oh, and the, and, um, the guy from Midnight Run died, they both died, like really close to each other. Charles Grodin, yep. Yeah, Charles mm-hmm. Grodin, yep. I loved Paul Mooney and I loved him on Chappelle's show, I was like, 
those skits were really, really funny. Our next email from Dan Hayden, subject line, first movie poster. Don't worry, guys, I found this poster from the first FNF movie with John Cena in it. No need to thank me. This joke is dumb as hell. No need to read this email. Too late. And it's just a poster of the first movie. <laughs> and John Cena nowhere to be seen, but because you can't see him, right? So You can't see him. That's the whole point. I know that we're, like, as this keeps going on, people are going to be like... No, John Cena wasn't in the second movie. You guys oh, yeah, no. It. I mean, if, I, I want one person to comment on it. Be like, that's not him. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. We did 185 episodes of this goddamn podcast. I think we know it's not John Cena. <laughs> we watched it minute by minute. Yes. Jesus. And our last email today, Four Fast from Justin Kleinman. Okay. Big weekend, saw Four Fast in the theater. I know it's my third lowest ranked film, but damn if the cold open is in a top three scene of the franchise. It Ooh. is. Iguana. I agree, man. That iguana gets you every time. I wish they'd screened Los Bondoleros before four. That would have been elite. Oh, true. Hank and his band had their first concert as well. It went off great. I had so much anxiety about it, I thought I had contracted COVID. I went and got a test, <laughs> negative, obviously, and calmed my shit. So dumb. <laughs> That's really cute, though. That's really sweet. I, I bought tickets to Hank's concert. I know that they said they were going to put it up online, so I'm waiting to hear. Wait, did you see the news about the Linda Lindas? Did you see that, like, the, the Linda Lindas posted everywhere, like, last week? Yeah, I saw something about it, but I don't know what this means. So They're, like, 12-year-old punk rockers in L.A., I think, or Sacramento, maybe. Okay. They signed with Epitaph Records. Yes. I heard this. They're part. an all-girl Asian-American and Latinx punk band from L.A. And they just okay. talked about, like, they wrote songs about, like, how this one boy was mean to them. And they're just like, fuck off, basically. It's it's so good. They're just playing, like, in a public library. It's really cool. So what I'm saying is that you, uh, Hank's band, should do a double double bill with uh, the Linda Lindas. Oh, that would be fun. Justin says, anyway, unfortunately, I won't get to see Five Fast next week due to an annual trip to visit Vonnie's grandma near Sioux Falls. Ooh. So unless the 3,000-person town's driving has it, I'll have to wait for Six Fast. <laughs> And then the picture he sends this one is the driver with the iguana. The iguana's top tier, man. You can't mm -hmm. really beat that. It's perfect. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that you got all dad worked up to think that you had COVID yeah. because of Hank's concert. That's really cute. Enjoy enjoy hanging out with Vonnie's grandma. That's all the emails for today. If you want to email in family at cageclub.me, thank you all who wrote in. We'll read it on the next episode, which is Too Fast, Too Furious next week. Spoilers, but you know how this show works by now. <laughs> We also have a store, Too Fast, Too Forever. Wait, I didn't do the Patreon. I didn't do the my names. Jesus, I'm all out of whack here. Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden, Renato DiDonato, and Jessica Collins, a.k.a. Montez. Thank you all so very much for supporting us at the $5 level or above. Lots of fun goodies over there at TooFast2Forever.com and TooFast2Forever.shop for our store. Yes. So go do those things, and uh, maybe we'll do a shirt that's For just... Nine. Like, look, there's John Cena in, in Fast 9. Or not Fast 9, I guess that's the one we can't do. In Fast 5. It's like, well, he's not on the shirt. It's like, yeah, dummy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Think about it. Too fast, too far to shop. I like it, yeah. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. F9 doing incredibly well at the box office. And it has like 160 million globally already, Jesus. which is crazy. Yeah, it's that's, crazy. Uh, there was the SNL skit yeah, that, that we talked about. That was my news, yeah. Anything else you've seen or no? No, that's it. I've been, I mean, obviously, I've been trying to avoid it, unlike Alex. Right. <laughs> yeah. So last night, what Alex sent me was that Jordana Brewster posted on her Instagram the interior for a Range Rover and like one of her tiny little sons with a hand on a Nas canister in the middle. He's like, why does a Range Rover as not have Nas? But, you know, obviously, it's just a joke because it's, yeah. you know, whatever. But yeah. uh, not really news, but just a thing that Alex and I were talking about last it's night cute. and then talking about yeah, Jordana Brewster. There was also, so uh, John Cena got into trouble today. Oh, yeah. Kara sent us this. So uh, I've seen it a bunch of places. I saw it trending on Twitter, too. So John Cena said Taiwan is a country, and then people got mad. Taiwan's a country. <laughs> 
people got mad, and so he apologized in Mandarin. Which we knew he was practicing because mm-hmm. Linda, Linda Boyd was telling us that he, he was practicing Mandarin when she was in the movie with him. Yep. This guy, Greg Kelly, I don't know who this is, uh, posted a picture of Joanna Brewster on Twitter and said, Taiwan is a country, watching that, quote, big tough guy at John Cena kiss all capital letters Communist Party ass Ooh. was bad. Ooh. Almost as bad as those ridiculous Fast and Furious movies. Oof. Oh. But then the, the reason I bring this up is because he puts in parentheses, the only good thing about them is at Jordana Brewster. So just like, <laughs> yeah, Mia's pretty great. But I mean, like, I don't agree with the rest of it. I don't agree with the anti FNF, but like, he's not wrong. Jordana Brewster's great. Yeah. Jordana Brewster's great. Can't argue that point. Any other news that you have seen about F and F? No. Then the Fast and the Furious minute for Too Fast, Too Furious. We are got to talk about minute 12, a minute I called Bridge. Which, as you just heard in that minute, is how Brian describes what he sees. Just says, bridge. bridge. <laughs> so in this minute, the race continues. Orange, Julius, and Suki aim to catch up as Brian and Slapjack pad their lead. Tej tells Jimmy to hit it. Jimmy raises the bridge, and Tej embraces his surprise. Slapjack and Brian see the bridge. Slapjack hits the Nas again. Yeah. I did not realize, I did not get a sense in the last couple of minutes, that Orange, Julius, and Suki are way the fuck behind. Like, they're basically in a different race. Yeah way way behind at some point there's a giant gap between them because you have to remember like the first two do the jump suki like stops looks at the thing and is like eh fuck it i like i remember that like yeah spoilers but like that's what happens because she shows up like so much later that they had already cleared it and are done and she's like okay and then and she still wrecks her car yeah and orange is like i'm going home fuck this and just like mm-hmm. leaves yes they're very far behind it it doesn't happen and when it does they're very far behind. Like, it's yeah. like, they're pretty close, pretty close, pretty close, and then, like, way back there. I was thinking that we should have gotten, Brian should have said, if we wanted to nod to the previous movie, too soon, Junior, because Slapjack hits the Nas again. He yes. just hit it, like, last minute. He hits the second dose now, I think, I think, with the same button, which feels like that's not how it works. Uh, but he hits the right one both times, I think. He's not going to make it. We know he's not going to make it, so... <laughs> He God does. He just doesn't make it very well. Yeah, it's not. He doesn't do it. He doesn't time it right, right? So I also like that you just use the word second dose of Nas. Like, you're panicking. Yeah, vaccines in the brain, baby. I know. Can yeah. you imagine if we got injected instead of uh, RNA, we got uh, Nas, nitrous oxide, in our blood? We got in literally our brains. nitrous oxide in brains and gas tanks in our blood or whatever. I don't yeah. know. You know the phrase. Whatever. What did you see in this minute? <laughs> Dude, this one was hard. All I see here is the only thing you linked is a question mark. So, cool. <laughs> So I have two things. One, they're standing in front of, looking at, like, one of the film locations, like, indicator websites, right? Oh, by the way, we're going to talk about it at the end, end of this. I love the IMDb Connections tab. Boy, this is, I I found a goldmine in, in the cool things, but 
Really? There's, yes, it's it's very cool. I'll talk about it in Need for Speed, but yeah, go on. Is that Sorry, the one that wanna... Brian uses all the time? He really likes that. Maybe. It was what I found when we were trying to figure out... There was some movie we were watching recently. Oh, you're trying to figure out what Bill was watching in Kill Bill 2. Okay. And I found in the connections page. But it's just like, you know, other movies that are mentioned in the movie and references and illusions and whatever. So there's a bunch for Need for Speed, obviously, but we'll talk about that. But I just want to say IMDb, pretty cool. Even though IMDb's redesign is dog shit. Like, it's awful. I haven't been on it. I always used a mobile, if anything. Because I'm always like watching the movie, right? Like, Oof, no, it's bad. It's very bad. But anyway, go on. So when they're walking out, which that side of the street, the, the, the place in Miami has changed so much. I spent so much time on this bridge today on Google Maps, and it really has changed. So I can't even tell which direction they're actually coming from in the movie because the bridge is real, right? Like they actually have this bridge, but there also is like some kind of thing that they say that like they kind of land somewhere different. And if you look at it, it feels like it's a set until the bridge you know what I'm saying? Like when Tej and his people, like Tej and the crowd are like on mm-hmm. one side, they're like in the street, but that kind of feels like a movie set. So like, I think they stapled two places together that like, it's like where that street that they're on. And then like when the bridge begins, that's a different place. Well, I mean, that happens all the time in movies. And you also yeah. figure that out with the El Gato Negro and stuff, right? In the first one that you were like, these, these don't line up. Like this isn't where things should be. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or like it takes two seconds to get between two places, but like, 20 minutes we talk about this with with yeah. kevo in new york right like it's like oh yeah like it's right around the corner and it's like no well that would take you 45 minutes to get to yes so they're walking by a place called sns fabrics i found this place that has been in in miami selling fabrics called sns fabrics for 20 years but it's nowhere near where they are so like unless they shot it and the place that this is in unless it moved is like an industrial park it's not there. They they're not there. This is where SNS Fabrics is. SNS Fabrics might have been downtown somewhere. I can't find record of that. So that's the question mark thing. Like it might be this SNS Fabrics. Most of the the evidence leads me to believe that yes, probably is this SNS Fabrics, but I can't prove it. I don't know. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. But it's also you know I would I would love to know definitively if this is the F- SNS Fabrics. Because yes, we got like you know the the, the sass and the serious. <laughs> Which doesn't really doesn't sound good, but I was saying S and S like F and F, and I it worked. Had, it kind of worked. My brain had to go there. It's okay. Like when he's ju- like when Orange Julius is like looking at the bridge. Mm-hmm. There's a shot that says like Colonial Bank behind it, and there's a Colonial Bank building kind of close there, but also nowhere near in the view of the bridge. But the bridge is up, so like I don't know if they just used a shot of this thing. Or one of these buildings used to be the Colonial Bank building, but like there's an old Colonial Bank building that was downtown Miami that I found, and I was like, oh, this looks like the building. But then when like I went to the address of where the building is, it's like not in a view spot of the bridge, so you wouldn't be able to see it from there. I couldn't figure it out. Anyways, Colonial Bank's in it, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah again. Um, but one of the funniest things I found is when the bridge is like lifting up down in this parking lot to the left, you can see down and there's just like a giant yellow school bus there. And I found that really enjoyable. That's what I found this minute. You can't see in the fucking cars. We talked about this. They're going fast. And that's what I got. Do you know, I meant to look this up because I what? saw buses in a thing I was watching this week. Do you know what the bird is on the buses? Because I don't. You know, like the, the black bird on the top of buses? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I didn't ride a school bus ever. Do the black lines on a school bus mean anything? These black stripes are there to protect children in the case of a collision. Whoa, the rubber what? rails. They also stop the car that hits the side of the bus from harming the entire side of the vehicle. Wow, okay. That's interesting. I thought you said black birds. I do, but there's like a bird... 
three black stripes. Oh, maybe it's just the Bluebird Corporation. Oh, it's just that's just the company that makes the buses. Bluebird okay. Body Company. Okay. Makes sense. Today I learned. So I got two questions. I don't love either of them. But again, like you were just describing, there's not a ton to go on in this minute. So here's the questions that I have. I liked one better than the other. Go ahead. The first one kind of sucks. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree. Who pushes the lever to raise the bridge? Jimmy, someone with Jimmy, or Tej? Which we know, like, it's just, it's Jimmy. Like, we know we know that, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah that's I kill it. The better question, which better. is still a, a bad question, but whatever. How many people are in the bridge control room when the bridge is raised? One, two, three, or four? The answer is three. We got Jimmy. We got Jimmy's associate number one with a red shirt and a fade of blue jeans and a cell phone clipped, a huge cell phone clipped to his belt, which I oh, never noticed before until I paused on the screen. So good. So I And then Jimmy's the associate number two with an oversized white t-shirt with lettering that maybe says AKS or something. I don't know. Yeah, academics, right? Wasn't that the clothing company? A-K-S-E-D-M-I-K-S. I don't know. I rode a school bus. You knew about clothes. So that's that's our difference. <laughs> yeah. Urban streetwear. Yes. Cool. So yeah, minute 12, 12 questions. The answer, how many people are in the bridge control room is three. Which is a cool thing because like you see the shot, you know that Jimmy pushes the buttons. I can definitely see one person on his right. I probably see one person on his left because like I saw this question, I didn't see the answer. And I would like thought in my head and I was like, oh yeah, I think it's three after just watching it but it could be four too there like there could be like another person behind there so i think that's a that's a difficult question it's not super shitty because there is like a you know it it pauses for how fast this minute moves it pauses on him to like grab the controller and like move it up the other thing we could do which i don't want to do is like how does he pull the lever left hand right no both hands both hands but he does he uses both hands which goes forward yeah Yeah. both hands backwards both oh god that's like the uh e-brake 180 to the left (laughs) e-brake one to the right i don't know i don't remember that answer we're not we're not anywhere near that level of chaos Mm -mm. yet i don't think so no much better yes all right let's take a break and let's talk about need for speed after we hear this word from wes not really word noises noises and a word from our sponsors sponsor singular Brought to you by Jacobs High Speed Rail. Clients choose Jacobs because they expect the best in knowledge, innovation, and teamwork. Shout out to Jacobs High Speed Rail. Well, shout out to Jacobs. Welcome back to Too Fast Too Forever. As discussed, as mentioned, as teased at the top of the show, we have with us tonight my co host on the soon to be sweeping the nation hit Ooh. podcast Ooh. Ooh. book club, podcast book club, How to Win the Lottery. We have Bob Fisher. Hello, Bob. Hey. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting timing because you are, thanks to my pressure, my peer pressure, you are finally watching the Fast and Furious movies for the first time. <laughs> That's right. Oh, nice. Halfway through. Yeah, last one was uh, six or seven. I don't know which one. Six. six. Yeah. And he's watching them in the right order, Joe. So I'm like, don't watch the credits. You got to yeah. watch three and then the credits. Okay. So I'm, like, I'm, okay. I'm not watching them with him, but I'm telling him how to watch these. Nice. Well, you're going to be prepped for for uh, f9 when it comes out are you gonna come see it with us uh sure yeah cool i can do that you have a month you have a month to watch the other four movies yeah i think you can get through them 
Yeah. Very cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to offer you, we were talking about what we're going to do, like the rundown of the show. I'm going to give you the option. You can either come on a future episode with us if you want, if you want to come back and talk about a main Fast and Furious movie and do all the games and stuff and answer all the questions or whatever. Or if you don't want to wait, if you want to do the character quiz, the personality quiz now, find out which Fast and Furious character you are, we can do that today. So Bob, do you want to do that today? or in the future let's let's i gotta know okay let's do that now because we're gonna get into other topics first but you know here we go seven questions six answers per question no wrong answers are you ready yeah can i ask did you guys make this quiz we did okay we found a quiz what was it on it was on symbio it was basically you know like a j14 buzzfeed style quiz we're like we can do a better one so we have 25 different answers uh you don't know all these characters yet you know most of these characters but you don't know all of them yet so we'll find out who you are all right. Bob, how fast are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? Vespa. Okay. Ooh, good answer. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? <laughs> I'm going to go Ky- Kylo Ren here. Ooh, okay. okay. We got some, you know, we got some daddy issues. <laughs> Me and Kylo. <laughs> Listen to How to Win the Lottery for more info about that. Actually, I don't know that's come up. It's come up a little bit, but not really. Just join our text thread. We're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Manning the grill? Saying grace? Kicking back with a beer? Babysitting? Being the entertainment? Or sneaking a snack? Uh, but saying grace? Okay. Nice. Cool. Okay. Interesting. You've got time to kill Bob. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite? Working on your car? Hanging with friends? Drinking a beer? Working out or working on your computer? Grabbing a bite. Bob, describe your dream wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't, don't remember. remember. I, I'm i never getting married. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage? A private plane? I'm gambling it all away. My childhood home? A fleet of cars? Or a new life? New life. Last question. What is your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink. Just I'll have whatever you're having. One of those. Something fruity. Bob, you, you called it before we started. I don't think we were recording yet. You are Giselle. You are Gal <laughs> he Gadot. He did. He really did call it. Oh, my God. It's like, you know, you know why is because multiple times in my life. I've tricked a billionaire into uh, putting his handprint on my ass. So. <laughs> Here's a description. Let's see if this sounds like you. We're going to find out. So this description was written by one of our listeners, Wes Hampton. Um, so let's see. It's kind of astrological. So like, there's, it's kind of like everybody. So people underestimate you because of your looks, but you're incredibly capable and calm under pressure. You're a jack of all trades and you can take on any task, but you prefer to be on the front lines. Sometimes. You can let your abilities lead you down the wrong path, but when push comes to shove, you know who your true family is, and you're ready to put your life on the line to protect the ones you love. And you drive like the wind blows. I would say truly like in, like astrology that um, is vague enough for everything to both be simultaneously true and untrue. It's amazing. I think it's I think it's spot on. I think it's I think it's you to a nu- in a nutshell. Yeah, people often underestimate me because of my looks. True. <laughs> I think it's it's a different underestimation than uh, Gal Gadot, well, but also maybe not. That's mean, but okay. Move on. <laughs> maybe I'll cut that. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll no, see. Don't, you don't have to cut being mean to me. <laughs> I'm a masochist, man. Let me the have whole, 
the whole how to win the lottery is just me trying to make Bob angry and then him just stewing and just like muttering under his breath about how much how crazy I'm driving him. It's a good it's a good dynamic. So here we are. Need for Speed 2014. I had seen this in theaters. Had either of you guys seen this movie before? Never no? before. And it's no. always on TV. I do remember it when it came out, though, because it was like Aaron Paul's big. Yes. Uh, like he his movement from Breaking Bad into feature films. So this movie was directed. I, I, the, the reason I bring this up, it was directed by this guy, Scott Waugh. Woe. W-A-U-G-H. Don't know. Waugh, maybe. And I think because it was explicitly because he was watching Breaking Bad, I think they wanted him for the villain. And then watching Breaking Bad, they're like, no, he should be the hero. So I guess he was maybe going to be the Dominic Cooper role possibly Mm -hmm. but instead he's the hero so i think it's kind of like an interesting like we like this guy as an actor but he's more of a sympathetic guy than a villainous guy so yeah i don't know and i remember this movie just getting like shredded so that's the thing i did not i did not remember liking this movie in theaters uh i enjoyed this movie a lot last night fucking loved it it was so enjoyable for me this time we watched it today rachel said she really liked it when we were watching it it was just dumb fun, right? Like, it's just, it went exactly how I thought, but it was really, really enjoyable, and I have a lot to talk about how much I enjoyed it. I mean, the difference between then and now is that I've seen the Fast and Furious movies roughly 75 times, not an exaggeration, since yeah. I saw this movie for the first time, and I'm like, yeah, like, my 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 bar for driving movies is in a different place, and uh, I enjoyed it. There's a real difference in the style between how they, uh, like, depict racing in, in between Fast and Furious and this movie. All of the stunts in here all the everything in this is practical and so i think you know i know that bob has said to me and i won't i won't put words in your mouth but like you said that you know it's it's getting a little over the top because everything is just getting crazy now in vfx and stuff and like like this is a much more grounded delivery of like car action yeah in some ways it feels closer to 70s movies like two-lane blacktop and stuff like that this felt almost as if they were trying to make a divergent fast and furious reboot where, like, they kind of, like, made a modern one that was still kind of grounded in reality. There's things in here that are very Fast and Furious, very. and there are things in here that are very not Fast and Furious. Like, the plot is that Jesse... Oh, God, I'm going to call him Jesse the entire time, even Eric. though yes. both both lead actors played Jesse on AMC. That Aaron Paul played Jesse on Breaking Bad, and Dominic Cooper played Jesse on Preacher. Two AMC oh, Jesse's. Oh, is Preacher. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. That makes mm-hmm. so much sense in my brain now. Okay, thank you. And then there's obviously Jesse from Fast and Furious 2, but I'm just going to call him Jesse because my brain... Like, I wrote down Toby. His name is Toby, but I'm just going to call him Jesse because I can't say anything else. Yeah. So he owns a garage that he inherited from his dad. He's behind on money. Dominic Cooper shows up. He's like, hey, help me rebuild this car, this Cobra, this Shelby Cobra. The last, the last Cobra that Shelby was working on for Ford. He was working on when he died. It was never finished, whatever. They yeah. bring it there. And I'm like, cool, we're going to see like a cool, like, because that movie literally opens on Rami Malek, Mr. Robot, not Mr. Robot, but in Mr. Robot. Yes. Freddie Mercury, whatever. Yes. And he's like in an engine. He's like doing engine shit. I'm like, okay, cool. Here we go. And then like, we go from the car being dropped off to the car done. I'm like, wait, we just, what? Where, yep. Where'd that go? We totally skip the rebuild part, which I was, I was really thinking we were going to get, but yes, I was like, we're not even going to get a montage for this, Rachel. Like, we didn't even get, like, the the Fast and Furious, you know, like, it comes from Primer to them driving it out. Like, they didn't nope. even do that. It's just done. Bob, are you expecting them to do any work? Or, or, like, did you have any expectations for this movie one way or the other? Like, did you think it was going to be Fast and furious or did you just go in, like, whatever's going to happen, whatever, whatever's going to happen? I really didn't know because it's based on a video game, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't. I, I, I was unsure – we talked a little bit about this just via text messaging, but I was unsure yeah. if it was the kind of video game that had no plot and like Cruise in the USA where it's just like – it's just a racing game, mm-hmm. in which case you would 
have to assemble a plot around it like like the Mortal Kombat movie or if it was a, a game that had sort of a vague plot to it so I really had no idea what like I, I assumed that it was just a racing video game so that I, I all I knew was cars were going to go fast so I think generally speaking and I don't know like there's been a bunch of need for speed there's, there's basically one every two or three years for like and like different versions of it too, 25 like years yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah 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 it's generally they're racing for reputation like it's like a new guy and there's like there's the pecking order or whatever and like you need to race your way up and one of the things that makes the need for speed games different than most other games is they have a thing called heat h-e-a-t where it's it's wanted level by the cops kind of like a grand theft auto oh, okay. style thing yeah. where the more damage you do if you like race by cops because it's Unlike other racing games, where it's all closed courses. This is like you're in the real world or whatever. And so if you race by cops who are there to like ostensibly radar gun you or whatever, like they'll chase after you. And the longer they chase after you without like you evading them, the wanted level goes up and they'll put out like spike strips and they'll do like tasers and whatever. And so like it's not only you racing against other racers, but it's you racing against the cops too, which happens a couple times in this movie, which I think is kind of cool. Like he's yes. like building heat or whatever. And the end scene, the end race here, the D Leon, which is I'm like just call it Lamont. Like it's just it's 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 you know it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not but like the name. I was just like okay, that is apparently from the end of like Need for Speed Two, I think, which is a 1997 video game. So like it's lifting set pieces, I guess. But I think generally speaking, Bob, it's just like they're racing against each other and also against cops. To your point, like, you can just kind of build whatever narrative you want around that, because, like, there is not really one, like, this is what the movie's about, or whatever, or the game's about. I, I wasn't quite, I, I wasn't, like, over the moon for this movie, but I think it might be the best video game movie. Hmm. That's actually, and nobody talks about this in no. that, when you talk about those. No, it's never it's up in there. The it's for sure up there. What else would be, I mean, I guess the new Mortal Kombat is, like, pretty okay. I think the new Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider, the newest Tomb Raider is, with Alicia Vikander, is pretty good. Anything else of no movie? No, nope, nope. Some people people really love uh, the first Resident Evil. Oh yeah, we 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 did that. We did all the Resident Evils, Pokemon, like Detective Pikachu and stuff. Mike Manzi loves Detective Pikachu. I guess yeah, like Sonic. uh, Yeah, it's up there. I think, but I think I I might argue with you, Bob. I think this might be. It's pretty good because I think the game has a story generic enough that you don't need. You can't really disappoint people who are fans of the game because it's like. What are you gonna like? You're gonna yeah. not have cars. Like, cars what, go like, fast. That's all you need. Yeah, exactly. Cars go fast and cops get mad, right? So, and there's not know. and there's not like a narrative for you to be like, well, the book was better. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like for you guys, right? I so, guarantee you, there's a novelization of these, though. I, I guarantee no, you, there's da- there's fan fiction of it. There's definitely not a novelization of this. Time to look in the Kindle store for Need for Speed, Bob. We might have to build a season of this. I'm saying, if like I'm available to write the novelization for the Need for Speed, if someone wants. They can give me a $2,000 and I will write a Need for Speed novelization in one month. <laughs> so there is no novelization I don't see, but there is book two of three in the Elite series by Ella Frank. Need for Speed is a continuation of Solo and Panther's story and should only be read after book one, Danger Zone. And it's definitely smut. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. So, makes sense. Yeah. Solo and Panther. They're getting yeah. on. And the back, the, the cover is just like a dude's rippling muscly back. It's like, yeah, we know what we're getting into here. Perfect. What adds the credibility and the coolness of this movie, I think, is that all the actors took driving lessons. And so ah. there's the there's the scene in this movie. So as the story goes on, 
they sell the car to Imogen Poots and her boss, my girl Imogen Poots and her boss, yes, yes. and they split the money. And then there's a real rivalry between the Jessies. And they're like, I'm a better racer. No, I'm a better racer. And they're like, fine, well, let's race for everything. Like, if you win, well, because the one Jesse is a professional racer somehow. Like, we don't get a lot of this backstory of him, but he's just like a villain that left town, somehow won this race before but also is now, like, a professional racer or, like, was a professional racer at some point. So is, is the race at the end of the movie, is it just everybody's racing for pinks for all the other cars? Uh, that, yeah, that's what I took from it. Which is so hilarious like, because none of those cars survive the race. That's the whole thing I'm thinking, yes. Wildly wrecked. It's like, yeah, okay, so, like, I have $4 million in cars that take Eight. $3.5 million. Yeah, it, but, like, it's like... They're all totaled. Like, they're all totaled, exactly. Every <laughs> single one. And everybody goes to jail. Yeah, and everybody <laughs> has to go to jail because they killed multiple cops, but yes, yes. And at the end, when he's, like... I think Michael Keaton says that, like, he goes to jail for illegal street racing. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You would go to jail for so many things for doing felonies yeah evading police like yeah all of these things you're not out of prison in 178 days after that (laughs) you're talking like 38 years in prison what's a little funny to me is that the longest we spend in prison is in the credit scene where kid cuddy is teaching other prisoners how to dance it's like oh (laughs) but like the two years that aaron paul's in prison in the middle of the movie goes by like it's just like another thing just like just like the car it just Mm -hmm. is done you're just two years later and then at the end, he gets arrested. He's crying on the ground. And then 178 days later, here we are. It's like, oh, huh, cool. Yep. yep. Maybe that's a video game thing because it's like, it's like I think that Need for Speed thing is busted. Like you get busted, and then like you just start over. It's just like you're you're out now. So maybe that's the thing, right? Like I don't know. That's kind of cool. Also, who wants to see the prison parts? I got minus like Hobbs and well, never mind. You'll yeah, get minus there. some stuff. Yes, minus mm-hmm. some stuff like. You don't really need the prison parts. Like, just skip ahead and get to the good parts. I think also you have to buy into a world, and and you do this with Fast and Furious too, where they're good guys, right? You have to buy into a world where nobody's actually getting killed. You don't yeah, you don't right. see any of these yeah. cops dying, so you have to just be like, well, none of those cops died, you know? Yeah. But everybody did die. So there's the scene where so they race for all the money, right? There's like these three of these like identical illegal or unregulated or unsanctioned or whatever kind of like import cars right Koenigseggs yeah Koenigseggs we've talked about before yeah and so it's the two Jessies and then a guy who's basically like Jesse from Fast and Furious who like as soon as this guy shows up I'm like oh this kid's dying like, I, I thought that he remember, was gonna die like, in the race before this yeah. like the first yeah. like the very very first race I was like Rachel we gotta kill this kid and she's like what I'm like well he's like his sister is his <laughs> Jesse's old girlfriend, and she's back in town, but now she's dating the villain. And like, we need to kill mm-hmm. him immediately to get the motivation to like fix all of this, right? The biggest surprise this movie pulls is how long it takes to kill that kid because that kid's dying. Like, there's, there's no way that <laughs> yeah. kid survives the movie. And it takes like, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes or whatever for it to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Also, first of all, it's kind of bullshit that he like joins that race between. Yes. Why? And 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 and, and he cheats. Like he just like he tr- he he's not trying to win. He's just like fishtailing his car around to keep uh, Dominic Cooper away. It's like that's cheating, man. Yeah. I think that it was him flexing. Like I'm such a good driver that like <sighs> even if I know that he's just gonna try to impede me and not win that i could still beat both of you but in that sense you're like this is a one-man race like you have no like now you're just racing your sister's boyfriend like what i I don't know i didn't recognize that actor did either of you know him from anything or no no No. 
But his sister, of note, is Dakota Johnson, Fifty Shades of Grey, and yes. also Suspiria yes. and everything. So she's like, I was saying to, I think, both of you separately, like, when I was looking at this movie's cast list, I was like, oh my god, like, there's it's like stacked. eight people in this movie that, like, I didn't know when I saw this, but now really Kid like, Cuddy. right? So, mm-hmm. Kid Cuddy is in this movie. Cut like when I, when I first saw him, I was like, is that Kid Cuddy? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, it is. And in a very Fast and Furious style, has a song in the movie over the closing credits. It's a Kid Cudi song. So very on brand. They let him sing like 50 times in this movie, too. Yeah. which was... And like terribly. Like, <laughs> I know. Not good. I know. I was like, dude, come on, man. Like, we, like he can sing. We've heard yeah. him sing before. Like, just give him something better. Than... What was he singing? Like, it's like movie songs. He's always singing yeah. like dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. So there's the scene where they race. And then at the end, uh, Don- Preacher taps fake jesse i don't know how to call this they're all jesse but you know jesse from fast and furious uh chad Lindbergh. <laughs> there's three Je- the story of three yeah, jesse's the story of three jesse's and they taps him and then the, he like flips over like it's like the flip car from six and his car flips over and up in the air lands hits a street crashes pole. hits the street pole crashes erupts into flames under tumbles, a bridge he goes over a bridge too over a bridge but not over water just onto rocks below <laughs> just and for, just yeah he's in a dead. pile like of rocks. it's he's dead in every single way and so yep jesse from breaking bad jesse like basically if he goes another tenth of a mile he'll win three million dollars but he turns around helps his friend out gets arrested for involuntary manslaughter because he's like there was a third car they're like we can't prove it it's like well okay sure whatever like where do you think these cars came from like we're, we're poor we're, we're poor kids like these are like the we are your friends kids it's like we, we don't have money yeah. for these cars yeah like where did you find these yes Exactly. So anyway, in this scene, the reason I bring this up now is that when Aaron Paul took driving lessons, there is this the shot where he's supposed to like skid and jump out and go running for him. Yes. And so the director, Scott Woff, I'll say Woff, let's go Woff, uh, was filming. He was actually holding the camera there. Jesse, Aaron Paul kept like skidding to stop like 15 feet to like it's basically missing his mark it's like the brian silliman story where he's like afraid because he's got an avenger in the backseat of his cab yes, yes. and he's like i can't mess up and then like he's just like just fucking do it and it's like all right okay, fine <laughs> he apparently like skidded like within inches of the director but like the director was also this is kind of cool wearing like a rubber belt like a big i guess like a big rubber band or something so like if he got too close they were gonna like yank the director out but like oh, aaron nice. paul nailed it or whatever so like in one take he does a four-wheel drift to the camera close above his face in the window and then he jumps out once again not only is all the like all the effects and all the crashes and stuff are actual using like car shells but it's actually aaron paul doing like this drift and like hitting his mark and like you can tell i think i think it's i think it's very apparent that this is this is real yeah that's a really cool story i like the rubber band thing and i also think that i would be terrified if you're like a real actor i mean like not a stunt driver if you're somebody that's not a stunt driver and they're like okay do this stunt you'd be like what if i hit you like i could kill a guy right here like i have no confidence in my abilities to perform a stunt i mean it's happened before right there's it's it's not like nobody's ever died doing a stunt in a movie yeah that's what i'm saying yeah the news tomorrow will be like aaron paul kills director in movie like you know like you're like oh i'm so done like i better hit this for sure do you guys have a favorite stunt in this movie while we're talking about it? anything in particular that stands out to you as your favorite stunt don't have a specific stunt but kid cuddy being the pilot of everything is awesome just like whenever he would just like show up out of nowhere just flying something different was was <laughs> was really incredible to me i like the uh i guess they called it like the, he told him to do a grasshopper over the median right and he oh yeah the two-lane grasshopper yes, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a bunch of cars that was pretty rad uh my favorite obviously is imogen poots doing the uh mid like while driving gas tank philip just like her straddling the side of the that's car that's a cool like, that's a really yeah. cool i like that 
stunt a lot. There was there was too much time spent when she when they were changing drivers, where she's just sitting on his lap. I was like, is he just gonna pretend like sleep in the driver's seat with her on top of him? Are, are we gonna turn this movie into like the chase with Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson? Have you guys seen that? No. no. Oh, watch that. Okay. <laughs> Why do they do they do that? Does she sit on his lap in that? This will spoil it for you a little bit, but Charlie Sheen is uh, uh, takes her prisoner. And it's it's a high speed chase. The whole movie is a high speed chase. Charlie Sheen in the middle of this high speed chase has sex with Christy Swanson in the front seat of the Ooh. car. Ooh. Well, so that reminds me of both the end of Fast Five, right, where where Giselle is sitting on a Han's lap, yep. which is That's very sexual. But also in the movie um, American Made, the Tom Cruise movie American Made, where he looks like Tig Notaro in the poster. He's a pilot in that movie, and at one point they go up into the atmosphere, and he has sex with uh, his wife in that movie in midair like like in zero g like it's the craziest just like oh like we're gonna like go up in the air and like everybody's gonna be weightless and like i'm going to be inside you it's like the craziest like let's just do it because we can or whatever but you know (laughs) weird bob how does the chase compare to the wraith where charlie sheen dies and becomes a killer car oh uh i i love the wraith um yeah i've I've watched that movie i was actually talking about that movie earlier today because we were talking about uh uh audrey from twin peaks um, oh yeah yeah she's the female lead in that movie God, I, I mean, they're both classics for different reasons. Uh, probably I'd give the edge to to uh, uh, The Chase, though. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right, all right. Also, by the way, so they're, they're filling up because they have to get from, like, the whole point of the middle of the movie is that there's this thing, the race in De Leon, where they have to race for all the cars, they're racing for all the pinks, whatever. Yeah, but he doesn't have from, an invite to it at all. No. He finally gets one or whatever kind of sort of. But the movie starts in Mount Kisco, New York, which is kind of cool because like most of until sort of vague spoiler for you, Bob, but like until part of Fate of the Furious, we're never in. New- like it's basically like global and then like California and that's it. So for this to be a good chunk of it to be in New York was kind of cool. Very cool. I'm yeah. Wondering. And not even like New York, not New York City, like upstate New York, right? Yeah. Did you get a sense and maybe it's just because we've been talking about it lately, but did you get a sense from the score, at least early on this movie, that it sounded kind of uh, Friday Night Lightsy? Oh, I didn't. I, I can't even recall the score at all. It was just kind of one of those like twangy sort of. Um, yeah, I can't recall it either. Evocative. Yeah, it's fine. Because the other thing is that so Taylor Kitsch, who is from Friday Night Lights, was one of the people considered for the lead, along with Liam Hemsworth, Brenton Thwaites, and Luke Bracey were all considered for the lead, I guess, before Aaron Paul got it. Gotta tell you, I, th- I think it's a better movie with Taylor Kitsch. I like Aaron Paul. I don't know that he... he I don't know that he's right for this part either. I'm not sure. Well, the thing for me is that does this movie not feel like Aaron Paul's doing a Dom Toretto impression the entire time? He's got, the eyes, for sure. The eyes, the, like, he even does, like... Like, the first time he sees <laughs> Need for Speed Jesse's sister, he's like, Anita... And I was like, oh, God. Like, that's, like, the first thing that comes out of his mouth. And I'm like, oh, are we going to do Dom Toretto the whole time? Like, clearly he's just, like, doing Fast and the Furious, so. Well, he's kind of Dom and Brian, because, like, he's kind of got the Brian thing. And even at the end, when, like, Kid Cudi picks up their car with the Apache helicopter and, like, Imogen Poots is freaking out. He's like, look in my eyes. Look in my eyes. She's like, they're so blue. And I was like, oh, my God, that's our thing. Bluest blue. I know. I had that written down, too. I was like, that's, like, this was, like, made for us. I think that, like, the real star of the movie, and actually, like, the only movie star in the movie is Imogen Poots. Yeah. Right, like shout out to Dakota Johnson, who's barely in it all, and Kid Cudi, who has like more charisma than all of the other male leads put together, except for Michael Keaton, who's playing. Who, he, he's kind of doing like the Cleavon Little kind of Greek chorus thing. But like during the movie's climax, all these people are sidelined. It, it they're, they're just watching, and the worst of that is is Poots, who's like she's in a hospital bed. She's not doing anything. Right. 
I feel like in a way you have to sideline her because that either because she, she, there's no way to keep her out of the car otherwise. Yes. And then you're gonna have to have in the race somehow a reason for her to take over or for her to get sidelined during the race. And like it does suck to fridge her. It's just that she like just based on how this has to go, where like Aaron Paul has to be the hero, she has to get fridged at some point. So agreed. Yeah. I don't know. It does suck though because she's great also yeah shout out to michael keaton for like the three hours he probably spent on set if that's <laughs> it's great. awesome he yeah. kills it the whole yeah. time yeah. he's wonderful but they have to get from mount kisco new york to san francisco somewhere in san francisco in 45 hours so like we get we better go now but apparently according to google maps and this is for imdb if you do the speed limit with you know no stops but just the speed limit it's 43 hours so like it's it's safe you're under time <laughs> and plus they're speeding like they go up to detroit to get rami malik and like you know they have to do other things they have to yeah, do the cops or whatever shit. but like 45 hours coast to coast is not insane like especially can you know during the pandemic didn't they cannonball down to like 27 or 28 hours like it's like yeah. way under 45 so yeah you can know. crush it and the car apparently did 230 that they're driving so yeah. like he yeah. could have ripped it <laughs> so mm-hmm. and and they have a truck beside them that can fill the gas tank up while they're moving so like yeah. they were fine time-wise is that, do you think that's a result of, like, the people who made the movie just not looking at a map? No, they Googled it. They literally Google mapped it like Joey did and go, okay, 43 hours, that's what we have. I mean, <sighs> yeah, the, the movie could have just upped the stakes a little bit and been like, okay, we got to do it in 25 hours or something. Yeah, like, it, you, you just know. pick a smaller number. I don't know. The car that they are driving is a 2013 Shelby GT500 Super Snake Widebody, in case you're wondering there. Yes, yes, yes. I think the weirdest thing logistically about how this movie operates is that seemingly Kid Cudi is stealing planes from coast to coast and just, like, providing aerial support, which is something very cool because, like, there's not a lot of aerial stuff in Fast and Furious, and there's none that we're ever in. Like, there's the big plane at the end of 6, and there's the there's something in 7, which we will not spoil. Our guys are never in a plane. So for not really, yeah. Helicopter and Apache helicopter and news helicopter, it's just like, this is kind of a cool time. I, th- I think that's the best part of the movie. Because I was also framing it in, because I, I watched this movie to come on to this podcast, so I was framing the entire thing Thank in, you. Like, in like, what if this were Fast and Furious? And oh, the, yeah. the one thing that I felt like it had over fa- that, that Fast and Furious could steal from it was the Kid Cudi character and the, yes. the, the plane. Or just and- like, let Roman be the plane guy now, right? Because he's worthless. Tyrese is worthless. <laughs> that guy sucks. Right? Am I stepping on the here? Too much. No, I, I did not influence him at all on Roman, but when he said, like, I don't understand the character, I was like, thank you. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Kill him off. Yeah. He's likely, uh, he feels like he, but they were buddies. He and Paul Walker in real life were buddies, and he wasn't going to go anywhere. So they're, like, doing him a favor? They're, they're, they're yeah, I think so. Okay. No, they just, like, were, like, they did the two, and then they became friends, and he's like, okay, well, he's just going to be in every movie forever, like, and we can't kill him because he's Paul Walker's friend, so... <sighs> Bring back Ja Rule, in my opinion. And Tej is too much of, like, the tech guy, but now we got mm-hmm. Ramsey, so, like, maybe Tej can kind of, like, move into the, like, aerial support role, which would be nice. But we also get to a point where, like, we don't really need aerial support, just on how the storyline of Fast and Furious goes. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's what I thought. So I was going to—I wrote down, is he going to provide aerial support the entire time? And it seems like once they get out of Mount Kisco, he's like, all right, good luck, guys. And I'm like, cool, like, that makes sense, because I'm like, they're not going to fly yeah. this like, little Cessna— Across, across country. the country all the time and then yeah. somehow they're up in detroit i think right and this is with the news helicopter he's like yes. oh city rules or whatever i'm like how'd you get here number one number two how'd you steal this he's like i got guys i was gonna steal an apache and i'm like okay cool and then he steals an apache it's like how are you getting ahead <laughs> oh, yeah. of them it's just magic. and how do you keep stealing things it's just magic 
There's no. Like, I guess it's awesome though. It is really cool. But like, if you're gonna like get him to steal all of these helicopters, like he has an officer with him in it, and he's like, "You broke your mission." And then he like goes to like military jail about it, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Why? Why did we draw the reality line there? Like, why didn't he just like steal an Apache and then like disappear with it? Right? Like, I don't know." I don't know. The helicopters they used in the movie were also the ones they used to get the aerial footage. So I didn't have to like rent all these different helicopters. Like the things that they used, like did double duty. So they're like filming the interior of helicopters as well as using those helicopters to fill the aerial shot. So it's just like, hey, like, how do we get really uh, economical about this? Like, let's just use this, the t- same two things or whatever for everything, which is kind of cool. I think that's kind of a, a very nice touch. smart. You have yeah. like a truck on the ground that's like shooting mm-hmm. the helicopter. You're in the helicopter shooting, mm-hmm. and you're also shooting the ground of them with the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And it can, it kind of feels nice too because you're getting the aerial view that you're imagining he's getting, right? Yeah. So it yeah. works. So all the while, while they're going to California, there's like we're getting news updates from Michael Keaton in HQ somewhere, right? Like his base, monarch, his, his actual bedroom, probably. They like went to Michael Keaton's house, like, hey, you can film in your office. It's, it's totally fine. <laughs> also, my, my, Michael Keaton the whole time is using everybody's real name on the internet yes! in a way yes! that he's, he's just incriminating every single person involved in all of this. Absolutely, I thought the same thing. Like, like these guys don't have like monikers that they go by. Like, isn't he like? The fast one, you know, or whatever. Well, well one shit. of them was named like English Paul or something like that. Yeah, like that he's... makes sense. Yeah, like do that at least. But still, yeah, he's he's like fully outing Jesse, yeah. both Jesses by first and last name in every comment that he makes. So how do you get, do you get an invite? Like, do you need a sponsor for this? Because like even Dominic Cooper, uh, Jesse, like preacher Jesse is like he's talking to those guys at the table. He's like, I, I need, you know, I have other interested parties. So like you need somebody to like stake an expensive car. You need to come in with an expensive car, and I think that if you can't buy your own expensive car, you need somebody to to sponsor you under but the impression that you. But he just made three million dollars at the start of the movie. Yeah, but you don't know what he paid for. He has a dealership too, so he like that's. Oh, and they do talk about, like, how he's behind on payments, too. That he's, like, living this gaudy lifestyle, but Dakota Johnson's like, wait, I thought you were good. And he's like, "Uh, don't, let's not talk about this. Also, they make, like, a pretty distinct point of Michael Keaton being like, it's completely arbitrary. I let in who I want. Yeah, I want to make a story for my own racing. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so because he's enamored by Breaking Bad Jesse's trip across the country, he lets him in. That's why he lets in, right? Yeah. Well, he knew, he, like, kind of mentions him. Because somebody, like, at the very beginning of the movie, like, calls in to say that you should let Jesse race in this race. Let Echo lead and let Jesse race. Yes. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like there's, like, a grassroots campaign for Breaking Bad Jesse the entire time. Really, kind of for no reason. Well, his dad was a famous racer, and he was, like, racing street racing. So everybody's, like, he's, like, the up-and-coming guy. And his buddy from the same town won this race before and is a professional driver and everybody in that town says we know that the real jesse is better but i think somebody calls because like they they have like a shot of michael keaton like real early in the movie and somebody calls in is like why won't you let toby into the race and he's like i let in whoever i want shut up and just like hangs up the phone oh yeah 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 he's like i'm talking now yeah yes yeah it does feel like if this movie came out three or four years later he would be doing a podcast instead of a radio show like how in the new Halloween movie, they're like podcasters, right? They're just a like, vlog. we're doing a podcast or whatever. Yeah, just, okay. He'd be a Twitch a YouTuber. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because yeah. it's got to be live, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have a question for you guys. Is a dollar actually slang for doing 100 miles an hour? I've never heard it before. I've never heard that before either. Because Kid Cudi from the airplane just like, yo, give me a dollar on that exit ramp. And like, it's clear that he means 100 miles an hour. But I'm like, that's cool, but I've never heard that. Well, it's also like, like there, there, there's that self-conscious moment where uh, Imogen Poots is like, do you have to call it that? Yes. 
<laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah, and it's just about like making an insular language for a small group of people so that they can feel. That's the other special. thing. It doesn't need to be called a dollar by anybody other than those five people. Right. It's like yeah. their own code. Yeah, Poots, I think, works because of her charisma, but also because she's like the audience. Like, she's every girlfriend who gets dragged to this movie. Like, why are we doing this? Why are you calling it that? What are you doing now? Why is this happening? But, like, not in fast. an annoying way. Yeah. Not in, like, a, not in a way that's just like, ugh. They're, not in an Ellen Page, Elliot Page in Inception way. We're just like, what's this now? It's like, here she's like, you, you, you boys are being dumb. It's like, yeah, they're being, they're being dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they establish, she's like, I'm a good driver, too. Like, I can do shit. And, like, she does, so, which is all the more frustrating reason why she when she gets fridged, it sucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I wonder what this movie's like if she plays the uh, Aaron Paul role. It's probably great. <laughs> yeah. What if Aaron Paul's, like, her roadie and, like, sitting on her lap? And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like can you drive this now? And, like, lets him, like, here, climb on my lap. <laughs> they, they, go, they go through, like, all of the effort of subversion subverting like gender expectations by having her actually know about all the car stuff mm-hmm. and and, yep. and, and yep. making a point of like yes i'm actually really good at driving just to undo all of that by having her not do anything ultimately by sitting in the hospital for yeah. like the second yeah. Her list of like, you just think because I'm good with numbers, I can't drive. It's like, I don't think those things are correlated one way or the other. Like, she's got very weird <laughs> she's defenses also not about good with the numbers. She just like negotiates, she just talked them down on price. She's a good for, negotiator. Like, it doesn't, it, yeah, it's independent of numbers. She's like a, she's like a people person. She's more of a people person. Yes, than with yes. Numbers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Speaking of numbers, like this movie is like a half an hour too long overall, right? Like it's it shouldn't be two hours and ten minutes. Like it should be like an hour forty. Like I think this is if this was tighter, I would love this movie. You could cut it down, yeah. I agree, but I think that we're suffering from this this time and error era of where movies were this length. But yes, I 100% agree with you. You could cut it down. Every movie was two hours, so they have to make well, a two-hour movie. Yeah, but I, but I also think that to a certain extent, like, they're not doing full, like, grindhouse kind of, like, throwback, just, like, action movie in a car, but, like, they're not not doing that, and I feel like there is kind of a precedent to be like, yeah, this is a 90-minute, like, thrill ride. Like, and I know it's 2014, and it's not, like, 2001 or, like, the 80s or something where, like, that's more acceptable, but, like, it just felt so long. Also, the weird thing is that this is on, like, I, ha- I downloaded both the TNT and TBS apps, which is the same app, which is a different color. <laughs> but the movie's on both, but it's only two hours and one minute. So I don't know, and I can't find like moviecensorship.com. Anywhere I look, there's no explanation for why this movie is 10 minutes shorter. I don't know what they cut out. I don't know if it's just like they axed the credits. I don't know, but like I wanted to watch it there. I paid to rent it because I couldn't get it for free on those because I was like, oh, I can get it for free. And then it's like, what? No, it's like a, it's like a different cut or something. I don't know. It, I watched it on Sling. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sling. If you have, if you have Sling, you know, for free. And I think if you have Directv, you can get it for free too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I saw the runtime said like two ten on mm-hmm. just watch when I like looked up where to see it. And then when I watched it on Sunday, I was like, it's two hours even, and it didn't... I, yeah, you're right. I felt the same way. I thought you guys were going to come in and be like, we all watched the extended edition. And well, I watched the extended edition, I but I don't know up. what the difference is. I don't know. So, like, a two-hour version is a better... So, the two-hour version, like, two hours, one minute, like, did they have full credits in there, too? I don't... I turned it off after the credits. Like, when I got to the credits. It's so weird. I don't know. You guys didn't have the full hardcore penetration uh, oral sex stuff? <laughs> <laughs> the full frontal at the end in the credits well that's funny like you know how like in death proof or whatever like when you see in the theaters is like missing real like she's about to give the lap dance missing real then like you watch the extended thing and like it's there but like in planet terror how is the barbecue restaurant catching fire we still don't know because that gets cut away so yeah. yeah 
So the the final race that De Leon starts with 27 minutes or so to go. I I feel like this is fine, but there's just there was kind of cooler stuff earlier in the movie, right? Or well, no? the thing is, you don't have any stakes with the other characters. It should it's just a race between that those two. Yeah, I felt the same way, but I think that that's where I. It's like you have four other guys that don't matter. Like they're like as they start dying, you're like, cool, we're gonna kill all these guys now. Doesn't fucking matter. Like even if you had like a Michael Keaton thing where it's like, oh, here's this new racer, he just qualified, and like just to have like kind of like a Suicide Squad style where it's like, here's this person, here's a card, here's a song they're gonna play, and like just like a quick thing while we're watching them drive across the country. Like let us know who we're competing against, so that like we maybe feel something if they die. But yeah, no, nope, nothing. Nothing. And they also should have let Imogen Poots be the... They should have had, like, four drivers. He shows up, and then she shows up. But we mm. had to fridge her. Yeah, yep. like, she could have been the Need for Speed Jesse guy that's, like, not trying to win, but trying to fuck with what's-his-name. That's Preacher. That could have Preacher been her Jesse, role. Yeah. What do you guys think of uh, Rami Malek stripping down to quit his job and make sure he never goes back to work? Uh, decent butt, I guess. <laughs> I didn't see his butt, maybe. Then maybe that's what they call it. Oh. oh. All right. So I wasn't entirely wrong about the, the them cutting out the sex stuff. So it's a little rapey in that there's an attractive woman at the office, and he's like, I always want sure. he goes up and kisses her like for a long time. He's he's like, I always want to do that. While he's naked. And then he walks away with the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I can never tell how much of the Rami Malik stuff is Rami Malik acting and how much is Rami Malik being a handsome, charming dude. A handsome, charming dude. In the sense that, like, the things that he does... Like, I watch Mr. Robot, right? And he plays, like, such this character that is, like, just so socially unaware, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, for him to be like, I took all my clothes off because I wanted to quit this job and never come back, I can't tell how much of now that he does this stuff in this and Mr. Robot, if it's him continuing on the character's quirks, (laughs) if it's him in real life. Well, he's kind of also doing in here what he did in Short Term 12 a year or two earlier. He's kind of got, like, the puppy dog, like, the lost puppy dog, or, like, I'm new to this, kind of, like, help me or something, so I don't know. Wait, hold on. So you guys think that it's possible that Rami Malik was like in the writer's room and was just like, okay, hear me out. Well, no, like him, like I guess the way he's interpreting the screenplay, I don't know. Yeah. I think they wrote it for him, but like the way he acts it seems like he he's unaware of the severity of his actions. Yeah. It's also like some sort it's it's like a world where uh again, like those things don't seem to matter that much because I feel like if I don't know, if someone were did that, it would be a bigger deal than it is in this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also like the, he's also walking out naked while there's like the cops just being run rampant oh, yeah, through this true. in a circle that that isn't even the biggest story of that office that day, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that will it, it becomes the biggest story of the office. But it might, that is one of my favorite parts in the movie, where like he's just revving that Breaking Bad Jesse is revving the engine outside and drawing the attention because he wants Rami Malek to see how it gets off the line, yes. and why it's drifting. So I guess they could like tweak it while they drive or something. I don't know, but I thought that was very cool, like how to get his attention because he keeps calling and I guess ignoring it or whatever. He's like, I'm at work. He's like, just look outside. And then like, he has this $3 million car and is like being an obnoxious asshole and then like getting all of the law enforcement attention. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, but it also, it, it, it complicates his entire drive across the country. Oh yep. yeah, 100%. Yep. There's also a part where Imogen Poots is like, oh, so I guess like that's me now. Now they know that I'm associated with a criminal and I'm going to be on all these lists and stuff. So he's endangered her. He could have just showed up to Rami Malek's work and been like, I'm here, the car's outside, come down and look at this. Yeah. Yeah, and like, he'd also just be like, listen, we, we really have to do the speed limit the entire time to get there in 45 hours you don't even have to rush <laughs> yes that's also true. you can just go 65 miles an hour the entire drive 
<laughs> Although there is the added wrinkle where Dominic Cooper, where Preacher Jesse is like, anybody who takes him out is going to get a bounty or whatever. And so the, but the bounty here. But the bounty is the same car that he's racing in the race that he's also putting up for for bounty in the race. Well, I think he's so he's so confident he's going to win the race that like he can just like pull double duty, I guess. I, I think that also lays credence that like Jesse isn't going to get caught. If he gets caught, he's like, oh, I owe you this. Okay, yeah, I guess yours makes sense, too. That He's like, well, I'm going to win all the other cars anyways and get right. mine back. So, like, you could just have that one of the, you know, seven or eight, right? But, they, yeah, then at the end, he gets to San Francisco, all's good, and then there's the uh, pickup truck that rams him, totals the car, sends Poots to the hospital. I guess it's like, it's a double dose. It's like, why we have to fridge Poots, but also we need to get this, you know, I guess the car that's, like, such an obvious he's going to win because it's the fastest car in the world or whatever, yeah. that he needs to find another car so there's more tension. I don't know. Wait, but, yeah. no, no, but the, the one that he gets, the one that he steals from Dominic Cooper is faster. Because remember when, when yes. he says that that goes 270. Does he? I think he does, yeah. Like, when they, when they do, like, their three-person race... They talk about how that car goes, like, I could be wrong about this. No, no, no. That makes, like, th that car is a thousand percent faster than the Mustang. But they're trying to lead you to believe that the Mustang's like, the fastest car in the world because he built it. Yeah. So the, the disparity between those two ideas is what I'm trying to wrap my head around. I, you're you're right. I, I'm just, yeah, like. Because the movie could have done a better job of being, like, this, like, the, the Mustang's not the fastest car, but, like, he knows it inside and out because he built it. But we don't yes. see him build it, and they don't actually make that point. But, like, that's an easy way to be, like. <laughs> Like, this is the car he needs to be in because, it's like, Dom's it's a man-machine hybrid or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, it's a part of him. Like, this is this is his car as opposed to, like, this is some random car, right? Yeah. So then at the end, you know, he wins the race. Preacher Jesse crashes, and so he does a good thing. And he goes back, but then he wins the race anyway. Yes. Gets arrested, goes to prison for 178 days. Poots picks him up and says, get in, I'll drive. And that's the movie. Him, him going back to, to get Dominic Cooper is truly uh, Mitchell returning to pick jack up off the ground at the end of airborne so they can finish the race together great movie we're gonna do that eventually there's a future <laughs> theme lap that we will uh, cover airborne but airborne is a movie that's like an 85 minute long kids movie and like the last like 25 minutes is like a wordless action scene at this downhill race it's amazing it's so weird and cool yeah it's great yeah we'll do it at some point down. um uh yeah poots wins or poots i mean poots doesn't win but poots wins and oh. picks up <laughs> jesse picks up breaking bad jesse and the movie ends and then we have kid cuddy with his prison workout and that's the movie so did anybody else notice that there is two different color versions of dom toretto's jacket in this film at least Ooh, no okay. I, I certainly did not notice that granted it's not like dom's jacket but like the racing jacket with like two stripes down that's leather jesse's wearing like a red one at one point yep. somebody's wearing a white oh no no michael keaton's wearing like a red one jesse's wearing a white one at one point and i was like you guys are even wearing like the same i get that this is like not specifically Fast and the Furious, but it's just so iconically Fast and the Furious. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, well, what I think is weird, again, going to like the Dom thing, is that, you know, in in the in the movies, in like a couple of different movies, he talks about his relationship with his dad, right? And we, we believe yeah. that there's something to be about that in Nine, right? Yes. What I thought was weird in this movie is that Aaron Paul's dad, Toby's dad, dies, like, imme seemingly immediately before the movie. And, like, yep. like, it's just people being like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. But, like, that's, like, the extent of it. Like, Did you get the flowers? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, it, it feels like there should be more, or he should have died, like, ten years ago or yes. something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess it doesn't put the, like, them in debt to the bank immediately type situation, so. I think, like, a, a dead dad is, like, such a generic uh, 
uh, like <laughs> signifier agree. for sad boy. I so oh, yeah. agree. I so agree. There's a couple fast connections that I noticed. They're watching Bullet at the drive-in, which is pretty cool. It's movie a that we covered a couple laps ago, mm-hmm. specifically to us. But yes. And did you know it was Bullet without looking? Of course it did. There's the yeah, down. I mean, it's the downhill exactly. chase. Like yeah. there's only one movie like that, unless yeah. they're paying homage to Bullet. But then in that same scene, Kid Cudi calls Dominic Cooper a fool, and I was like, oh, because they use fool like four times in the first movie, and then Rami says something about a real racer ask any real racer or something like that i'm like oh like either we've watched these movies too much or these are both distinct nods to like just how these guys talk it's very much nods to fast and the furious not even nods to how they talk like they know that this movie is going to be compared so they're Mm -hmm. like okay here's some like the jackets the jesse's face reactions and him doing dom impressions the whole time like they know it so this is 2014 right this movie Yep. At what point are we in the Fast and Furious franchise in 2014? So Furious six? 7 comes out the following year. This is yeah. the year between 6 and 7. Okay. Yeah, there's been a bunch. And like one thing that we talk about a lot that you may or may not have noticed is that like they're not good at referencing back to earlier movies. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of building toward like a grander villainous narrative as the movies go on go on, but like there are so many opportunities for like a joke or a wink or a callback to an earlier movie that they just don't care to do. They don't care. So yeah. it feels kind of cool if this is intentional to like call back to a thing from 13 years ago, because like it shaped those games probably. And the people who are care about this movie, right? So sure. I don't know. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I didn't even think about how huge of an influence fast and furious had on need for speed yeah. in context of this. One thing that's weird that we didn't talk about. So in the beginning, it's in the race where Jesse breaking bad, Jesse wins five, and racing five through large. Town. Yeah. Five large kick it a nickel question yeah. mark. Do they have that route memorized? Because there's no GPS. It's not like in Fast and Furious number four where they're like, turn right ahead. It's just like they're just racing through town with no guidance. And it's like, do they do they, do they have this? Mem- is this like a common route? Because it feels crazy. Well, if it's in Mount, it's in Mount Kisco, right? Yeah. yeah. These guys hometown. So they, they I mean, at least that's what I was now. thinking. It just feels like he's arbitrarily driving through like parking decks and stuff. It does feel like that. Yeah. I also want to know. If the race is to win five grand, how does he have money for aerial support? Like, isn't the like <laughs> the, the the gasoline, yeah, like the yeah. fuel for the airplane, isn't that going to cost him like a grand? It's very. Well, I guess he's player, stealing it. I don't know. No, but he has the plane later. I like. I think that the, the, he somehow has this plane. Is like. Or maybe he just kept stealing it. I don't know. We talked about, like, I think the stunts being good in this movie. What do you think of the direction? Because I feel like and maybe this is just, like, kind of being blessed or whatever by, like, for the most part, I think the action direction in the Fast and Furious movies is really good. But, like, I felt like the camera angles in cars, I was like, this is, I don't, I'm not getting anything from these scenes. I liked the, not inside cars, but I liked the conveyance of speed in racing. Okay. They did like a really good job of showing you how fast the cars were moving around things. Although at some points it felt like they were doing some goofy tricks to make the cars look like they're going fast, even though they're not going fast. But for the most part, like they would have like a nice like tree line or something to show them going by it to give you standing. So I did like that. I mean, I like the practical effects. So I think I, mm-hmm. I think that goes pretty far. The only like quirk of it. that i that i noticed was the weird like tunnel vision zoom thing that happens when he's like getting ready to like go real fast oh yeah the nas in his head though yeah 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 no yeah i was kind of expecting him to like 
hit the NAS button and, and shoot forward. But um, is that something that exists in real life? I think that that's part of the game, though. Can't you do that in, 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 in Need for Speed? I was gonna, I was gonna say that in Need for Speed, there's like turbo is a thing that like you use and then it builds back up. So it's not like real like NAS where you have like one or two injections before you like use up the tank or whatever. It's just like if you do cool things or whatever, it builds up over time. You can do it again. So you, there should be a lot of turbo in this, but I don't think there is. Was this an intended franchise? It feels like it. Here's a good question. So I saw on IMDb, it says, followed by Need for Speed 2. And I was like, huh, interesting, because I don't remember this coming out. And if you look on there, the only person credited is the guy who wrote this, and it just says characters, which means that, like, if this is even a real movie, he might not even be writing it, just like he's getting credit for the characters. So the only bit of information on there is someone's handwritten, essentially, description of what the movie's about, because it's filled with typos and misspellings and punctuation errors. So here's what maybe, question mark, the sequel is about. After his victory against Dino Brewster, Toby Marshall faces a bigger threat, which will lead him into a battle with the most fastest cars and the dangerous people in the streets of Beverly Hills, California, period. Toby Shall bring back his skills, comma, his team and his most prized possession, the Shelby GT500 that will be unleashed, period. But he cannot defeat a 1974 Mazda 1300 pickup truck raced by a 16-year-old. What? All right, right That's on. fan fiction. It's on IMDb. Did this movie exist? Did you like look at just one? No, no, no. It doesn't exist, but like that description is on IMDb. That's weird. Probably someone wrote know, a script for it and then it didn't. This movie didn't make enough money. It feels like this was an intended franchise. So this movie had a budget of $66 million. It made 203 worldwide, right. so it's not bad. No, that did pretty decent. Even if you double it for like marketing and stuff, it still made 80 million. It only made 43 domestic, which is not a ton, but it made 159 worldwide, which is kind of why you make a movie like this, right? 203 yeah. worldwide on 66 million is not bad. Okay, so let me let me ask you this then: um, Would you, as sort of the premier Fast and Furious uh, analysts and and fans? Would, Thank you. Would you accept Toby Marshall and Imogen Poots into the Fast and Furious franchise? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. If Poots is there, anything goes. Okay. I mean, like, we add people so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it. I, I have no problems adding anybody else. They can even keep their character names, like, and be the characters from this movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, could, yeah. could you merge these franchises together yep. to, to make it No, work? No questions asked. Bob, on our Facebook page, we told this story recently on the podcast. I don't remember who we were telling. Maybe it was just Heather. But we have, I made, like, a Brady Bunch style with Andy Davis in the middle for our Facebook cover photo. And on there, we just have Angelina Jolie as Sway from... Gone 60 seconds because uh, why not? Like, it basically, it's the same universe anyway. So, like, might as well just have her on there. And not a single person has ever commented on it. So, either <laughs> people are not looking or they just are like, yeah, that makes sense. That's fine. Yeah, they just accept it. Two things. So, number one, they do pull a car's axle out. Um, like that's they do so in Gone classic. 60 Seconds. Yes. Mm-hmm. I said that to Rachel. Like, that's, I didn't see it coming. But when the cop pulled away and the axle pulled, I was like, oh, so classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. Animal House or Meeples or something, too? Like, it's I think so it's in many like movies. Every movie. Yeah. 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 And then the other thing I want to say, and then there's a couple of connections I want to bring up, but uh, for the role of Julia, the Poots role, uh, my other girl, Riley Keough, auditioned. So Ooh. I mean, I would love her here. She's great in Logan Lucky, but I think Poots oh. is the choice here. Like, Poots is great. I can't fight it either way. I, I, know. I would take both of them. I know. It doesn't matter to me. I like Riley Keough a little bit better. 
by the way. I like her a lot. I mean, she's one of my favorites. We Every Elvis episode, we check with Riley Keough. We're like, what's she up to? Because <laughs> Elvis's granddaughter. When's that movie come out? The one about the Twitter story. Uh, this summer. Zola is coming out this summer. Zola. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay, cool. The funny thing about casting is because Aaron Paul is only 5'8", they cast everyone else to be shorter than him so that he looked more <laughs> of a hero. Jeez. Which is a very Tom Cruise thing where he's like 5'5 five five and like on Apple boxes and whatever. Yeah, stand but on like, Apple box. Get over it, buddy. Yeah. I don't know, man. So here are our uh, connections to other movies. So we covered Vanishing Point, Bobby mentioned before, the broadcast radio persona. We got yep. American Graffiti, Chewing the Cop Car's Rear Axle. Oh, that's what I there. Oh, also that movie too. 60. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, which you covered. There's a blonde British female riding along the talk about ditching. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't there the train in Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry too? Which one is that one? Yeah. yeah. Mm, oh, that they spoiler at the end of the movie. They're racing like the train. New... And there's a train in this one. is like the go to like yep. cross. Yeah. And trains also play a big part in Fast and Furious in the True. first movie and in yep. Fast Five and everything, right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Smoking the Bandit, Keaton refers to copy as Smokey, Bandit's Trans Am scene and cop car chains. That's all things from Smoking the Bandit. Yep. Uh, Top Gun, Pilot calls himself Maverick. Yep. Also, the line Need for Speed is from Top Gun. Like, they took that from that. Close to the Keanu Hearts, so that was a cruise club thing. For Keanu Club, Speed is referenced as Benny, the Kid Cudi character. Describes a near collision with a bus as like something out of speed. And he then even I says, heard, he hard even left s- in three, Keanu. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only other thing here is that Rebel Without a Cause, which we have not covered yet, but uh, Pete wears a James Dean haircut. And I'm like, well, that's not really <laughs> Yeah, come on. Get out of here. Bob, did you have any other thoughts about Need for Speed? No, I think, I think I'm... I'm all thought out. Overall, just kind of middling on it, but best video game movie possible. Oh, I, I definitely liked it more than I thought I was going to. I don't know. I would have. I would have liked to have seen a, a larger role for Imogen Poots, and I think uh, uh, I would like to see a spinoff of for Kid Cudi as an airplane guy. Oh yeah, very cool. And Joe, what about you? Any other thoughts about Need for Speed? I was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie because all I remembered about it with not seeing it was just how much it got shredded critically. I liked all the cars that they used. I liked that they used, like, real cars. I liked all the characters. I loved it, and I loved it for us because of, like, the bluest blue eyes and all that kind of shit. Yeah, great choice. Nick killed it. This is a good one. 23% on Rotten Tomatoes, which we don't normally check, but I just wanted to see that. And then 57 from audience. And the critic consensus is, with stock characters and a preposterous plot, this noisily diverting video game adaptation that fills a need for speed and little else. So It's just another Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah, I know. And a lot of the reviews on Letterboxd are like, how bad this is. I'm like, I don't think there's anything about this that's bad. I think it's no. like unremarkable at times. But I don't think there's anything here you're like, oh, that's not well done. Like, it's just like, it's unnecessary, possibly. But I think it's a lot of fun to have here. So thank you, Nick, for picking it. I, I also miss these kinds of movies that are just like one-off. You don't really have to dedicate yourselves to them. They, they can play in the background. It's cool looking. All right, let's watch the trailer. Uh, if you guys want to bring it up. Need for Speed official trailer number one, 2014 Aaron Paul movie HD from our friends at Movie Clips Trailers. I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. All right, three, two, one, play. It's a short trailer. It's only a minute and a half. It's not the two and a half minutes. So. Oh, interesting. Let's see how yeah, it goes. Short. DreamWorks. Oh, we go right to the end. What's with the lighthouses? Is there a lighthouse thing? He says like... it. The, the the Jesse in this movie says, like, I had a vision of you in a lighthouse. That's the whole point. Yeah, there you go. The kid that dies. Because at the oh, so that's at the end when he gets to the end and he sees he's by the lighthouse. That's why he's crying because he's remembering Squirrel. Yeah, yeah he's he's remembering Squirrel. That kid is Squirrel, character. basically, right? Yeah. Shall be ashamed. Shall be ashamed. And disgraced. 
You know, Dominic Cooper, good-looking dude, Tony Stark's dad, he looks way better with a beard, though, in Preacher. Yeah, I think so. Rachel said his face looked really punchable in this, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. This is kind of a cool trailer. I mean, it's not a great trailer. I think it's kind of a cool trailer. Oh, there's a funeral, too. We didn't talk about that. Very mm. Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Uh, I bet the next word's going to be need. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. Hey, did I miss... Did, was that in the movie? Did he kiss Imogen Poots in the movie? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I whiffed on that. I didn't see it. It's like after they like get to the hotel and... What happened at the hotel? Did Was he like, you're just late? And you're not allowed in the race anymore. He was like 23 minutes late, so I think they're like, "Oh, you didn't make it or whatever." But there wasn't like a scene that I missed or something, right? Because like I, I don't like, think so. No, I like took a note, looked up, and she, and he like comes out and he's like, "Oh," and she's like, "It's all right. Like we'll just stay here. I'll get you a hotel." We're gonna play the letterbox game. So the way this works, Bob, is we played a couple different games with the idea in mind that these are all wildly difficult games to play. So do not feel the pressure if you if you're bad at these. It's totally fine. Just yes. use Joe's guesses as a benchmark. So for reference sake, I feel like I'm gonna ace it. You might. You might. I don't know. Are you a numbers girl? Uh, no. What's that from? <laughs> from this, when he was just saying, oh, like, when yes. Imogen Poots was like, you're like, oh, uh, just because I'm a numbers girl doesn't mean that I'm going to go with Like, that was it. Yeah. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, one of the most popular films on Letterboxd, has been seen by 813,000 people. 813,000 people. Need for Speed, which came out the year before, directed by Scott Woff. Starring Aaron Paul, Dominic Cooper, Imogen Poots, and Ramon Rodriguez, who plays Joe Peck. Who are you? Oh, maybe just one of his friends? I don't know. Who, who, I don't know. who knows? And Michael Keaton has been seen by how many people? I'm going to go 48,000. Um, 112,000. Joe almost got it right on. Wow. It's 46,310. All right. Damn. Wildly close. Wildly close. I was trying to think, like, I was like, okay, like, you said there was a lot of people bitching about it. That makes sense. It's kind of new, but it has Michael Keaton, but also I don't think a ton of people saw this. Our friend Liam Underwood, past guest of this show and uh, past guest of Zack Attack, gave it three and a half stars. And he says, unsurprisingly, I super enjoyed Need for Speed. So shout out to Liam. So out of those 46,000 people, how many of those people have this in their top four favorite movies of Ugh. all time? I think that there's probably a couple people that really love Aaron Paul. So I'm going to say... Four. Four out of 48,000? Yeah, yeah. have this in their top four. So it has to be somebody who's just like, this is one of, because like on Letterboxd, as you know, you can pick four movies that like, you're like these are my movies. Your top they're not always friends, the, like, they're like yeah. space, yeah. Yeah, MySpace Tom. Thumbs up. I'm going to say 150. Somewhere in between. Between four four and 150. Nice. Somewhere in between. 12. Uh, 84. Somewhere in between. One more guess each. Between 12 and 84. 15. And I think that's high. 43. Bob, ultimately closest, there are 36 people, which is a surprisingly that's, high number, that's I think. insanely high for this game. That's <laughs> it should really not. high. Average rating of 2.5, most common a 3, then a 2, then a 2.5, need for speed. So we're going to go to, Bob, I want you to pick a number 1 or 2. 2. All right, we're going to go to Fantasticables, who did not write a review for this. We're going to try to guess this guy, Rob. We're trying to guess his top four favorite movies of all time. Okay. His description, his bio on Letterboxd, if you if this helps, Land of the Lost is the worst thing I have ever seen. So, okay. So just know, do not guess Land of the Lost because it's not in his top four. And, and Need for Speed was in this guy's top four? Yeah, yeah, Need for Speed is his fourth favorite movie of all time. Can I can I ballpark? Can I just like yeah. point one? Bullet? Nope. Fuck Vanishing Point? Nope. Pulp Fiction. 
Nope, but that's all. That's in a lot of people's top. That's four. a lot. That's a good a guess. It's a really good guess. Like Blade Runner, like, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. No, no, but yeah, the the movies that are in everybody's top four are Blade Runner, <laughs> Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Avengers: Infinity War, Avengers: Endgame, and Pulp Fiction. Like those are the five that are like everywhere, and this guy has none of them. Ah, oh, okay. But he has three huge movies. Men in, in Black. Four. Three huge movies and Need for Speed. Yeah, um, basically. All right. Uh, they all okay. Here's the thing. All all four of his movies have vehicles on the movie poster. Oh, shit. All right. Um, and I would say the first and third are about that vehicle. The second one, not really about the vehicle, but the vehicle is, you know, is on the is on the poster for a reason. Transformers? No, the other guy we almost played at Transformers in, his, in top four. So you kind of get a half a point. That doesn't count. Okay. But Christine. No. Yeah. There's one movie from the 90s and then two from the last 10 years. All right. Baby Driver? Baby Driver number one. Baby Driver okay. number one. So that's one of the car movies, of course. Yeah. One movie from the '90s has a car in it. Is it? No, Gone no it's not. Seconds? I didn't. Say, I didn't say it's a car, and that's from 2000. I didn't say it's a car. I said it's a vehicle. A vehicle. Oh, uh, uh, and that's from the '90s. Yeah, I can give you a slam dunk if you want to. If you want an easy clue, Bob, I can give you a slam dunk, or you can just try to keep guessing. I can give you harder. Clues. Is it Black Hawk Down? <laughs> no, Ooh. it's a much better movie than Black Hawk Down. Oh, really? This movie is in 4,800 people's top four. Jesus, and has a vehicle. Oh, Speed. It. No, but Mad Max Fury Road. No, that's from 2015. That's no, that it, it could have been the other one, but no, it's not. Mission I would, Impossible? I would, no, I would not be surprised if this the, the vehicle one from the 90s, not a car, a different vehicle, would be many people's favorite movie of all time, including Bob, uh, people that we talk to every day. Holy shit. Um, uh, Terminator 2? Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, they, Arnold on a motorcycle. In, in oh, the it's a motorcycle. Okay, yeah. Yep. All right. Makes sense. Okay. And then number three, there is a very obvious thing that you're both missing. We had Terminator. We had Baby Driver. Movie from A car movie from the last 10 years. Something very obvious that you're oh, missing. A car movie from the last 10 Fast years. Fast and Furious movie? Furious 7. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay, good. Yeah. So Rob likes Baby Driver, T2, Furious 7, and E for Speed. It's like, okay. you know, I feel like I know this guy. I feel like I could take him Sometimes, out. yeah, that's what we feel like. Sometimes, like, especially when we pick, like, when we're doing, like, kind of, like, weird fringe, fringy movies. Like, we get a lot of these, and we're like, hey, I like that person. Yeah. You have really good taste. I know him. Yeah. I could wine him, dine him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't tell you, I don't think, Joe, but uh, maybe I did. But Beatrix, who we played for Kill Bill 1, yeah. who, like, Clueless, Heather's Kill Bill in Midsummer, I followed her, and she followed me back. So, like, you know, we're just, we're, we've not talked to, because Letterboxd does not really encourage conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it encourages, like, comments and stuff, but, like, Beatrix, like, I guess, looked at my profile, I was like, man, he likes John Boyce's The History of the Seattle Mariners and Paddington 2. Like, this seems like somebody who would fo- I could follow. So, yeah, so, cool. shout out Beatrix in Italy. We're friends now. Nice. Beatrice. Right? Isn't that how you pronounce Beatrice? And never mind. <laughs> That's from Dante's Inferno. <laughs> well, speaking of Bob, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell our listeners? I've teased it a little bit, talked about it a little bit. Please tell our listeners about our new podcast, How to Win the Lottery, which comes out as this comes out in two days. Ooh! So uh, it's a it's a book club um, where we take a, a grouping of themed books and over the course of uh like 10 books or so we examine them uh one by one um so for example our first is a sort of heavy uh themed about um grief and and trauma but it's also you know it's funny and good and not a not a downer 
at all. When I've talked about books on here before, because as we've talked about on our podcast on How to Win the Lottery, uh, you've basically chosen everything that I've read mm-hmm. in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I describe books to Joe and every guy, he just goes, oof. I'm like, it's, it's pretty depressing. He's like, ah, oof. Not for me. Sometimes they're not, but a lot of the, a lot of the books that I've been reading have been pretty heavy and pretty depressing. So thank you for that. Well, let me let me go through. This. So I, I actually prepared a little thing for this, which is uh, if I if I, we were going to do a module on cars. Ooh, okay. So I did hear like five books about just about cars. Love this. One is uh, Crash by J.G. Ballard, which is uh, a book about the Freudian nature of car crashes and the ways that technology and humanity merge. Uh, and also about sex and death. It sort of pairs clinical medical language with mechanical language and capitalizes on phallic imagery like drive shaft and things like that. It's a really, really good book. Uh, it's super disgusting. Why do I know J.G. Ballard? Uh, well, Cronenberg made this into a movie with James Spader and Holly Hunter. So you might know that. Um, oh, oh. also he did High Rise. Right, yeah, he did High Rise. Yeah, okay. A second book is On the Beach by Neville Shute, which is uh, a book about uh, nuclear winter. Um, but as the radiation makes its way toward Australia, there's a subplot about a race, which is basically the last car race in all of humanity. And so the drivers are like completely reckless and like they don't they don't care about crashing or anything like that. They just care about winning. Side note about the apocalypse. What is that British radiation movie that is like the scariest movie of all time that you told me about recently? Threads. Yeah. I saw somebody else post about that recently. I was like, oh, okay, I got to watch Threads. Yeah. Joe, have you heard of Threads? No, never heard of it. Uh, it's just a TV movie made in uh, the, I think, the early 80s about... Um, nuclear holocaust and it like scarred uh, every apparently everyone who watched it really, yeah. really deeply yeah. like there's a single image that that you, you've probably seen which is of a police officer yep. and he has like his his police hat on and then he has uh like his whole face is wrapped up but you can see his eyes and it's a, a, a terrifying image yeah but threads yep and then we've got we've got two books by stephen king which are from a buick eight and christine Wait, what's the first one uh from a buick eight okay okay and so christine kind of mirrors crash and that it pairs cars with sexuality and sort of blossoming, uh, which makes sense because boys sort of obsess over cars, name them after women, usually come to them when they're a certain age, and they represent a specific kind of growing up that has to do with freedom and elimination of boundaries. And it's also like, I feel like cars are often the first place that people have sexual experiences as well. You know, it makes sense that dudes obsess over them. Uh, And Christine is sort of about what happens when that obsession is returned to you instead of you just obsessing over a thing, having a thing obsess over you. And uh, Buick 8 is is a lot weirder, kind of plotless. It's about a car that is uh, key to a Lovecraft-style universe, but it engages Mm. with a lot of the same obsessive themes that Christine does. Cool. Uh, And then the last book that I have is a book called How to Keep Your Volkswagen Alive by Christopher Booker, uh, which uses the title of a 60s mechanical handbook to reimagine our relationships with cars as though they're living things. And in doing Ooh. so, helps us to process some of the grief that we've been through in our own lives. That, that's the, that one's experimental, uh, and it's probably my favorite of all the books. That that, yeah, that sounds weird and cool. Yeah, 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 for sure. Is is the Spielberg movie dual based on the book? I don't think so. Why do I think that is? It might be a short story. It was definitely written by Richard Matheson, who wrote I Am Legend okay. and Terror at mm. Thirty Thousand Feet, or whatever the name of that one is. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Duel. Did you guys watch that for this? No. No. We even did, like, the, the classic car movies lap was when we went to two a week, and there were just so many. They, it was a stupid amount. And then we wound up watching things that, like, had nothing really to do with cars. Like, we watched Ronin and stuff, which is like, well, kind of not really. Car- There's a car chase. Ronin has, has a classic car chase in it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There were plenty. I mean, we can go back to that again. Like, there are still so many that we could do, and, you know. And nothing but time. You know what I mean? So Amen. actually, you don't know that line yet. That's in Tokyo Drift. You'll get there soon. We could do a crossover uh, mini mini module of these car uh, uh, car books, you know, if you wanted. That could be cool. Too Fast Book Club. 
I can read a car book as long as it's not about grief. Because <laughs> every one of those was about grief. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, one of them is just definitely about like getting sexually aroused by crashing cars. If you want to read that, down. One. But, <laughs> yeah, sounds right up my alley. <laughs> well, so yeah, so How to Win the Lottery starts this Thursday, June third, every two weeks. The full reading list is available at CageClub.me/lottery. If you want to read ahead and send us an email, lottery at CageClub.me, and we'll read it on air. So far, we've had Montez from this show writing right in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had Bob's friend Meg, who we call Egg, right in. So, uh, Egg, Ann, Egg, Ann, what, what from Arrested Development? Egg, I don't is, is Egg in Arrested? I mean, there's Ann, I know Ann, her, I know that, but is he egg calls her Egg at one point because nobody knows her name because they, they don't remember her. <laughs> oh, you don't remember, don't remember this that. line? He's no. like, Egg, like, because every time they bring up, he's like, My girlfriend, and he's like, Egg, he's like, No, Ann, okay, I don't remember Sorry. that, okay. But it's in there. Okay, no, <laughs> you know what? You're forgiven. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, so next week we are back, of course, obviously, to our Too Fast, Too Furious movie. Continuing the road to F9 with our second movie in the lap, Too Fast, Too Furious. And then we're not going to do another. No, we're not going to do another Fast and Furious movie until after we see F9. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Which is crazy, right? So yeah, like, this is the same. last one. When does that come out? June 25th. Kind of soon. You have literally a month from today. Yeah, True. I can do it. Yep. Thank you, Bob, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store at TooFastTooForever.shop and come back next week as we do Too Fast, Too Furious. It, it, once a lot, there's just so many Too Fast twos. in here. Too, too many twos. It's too many. It's too, too, too many. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that, ooh, there's another one. And there's Bob Fisher. And we'll tell you all about it. When we see you.